And now, introducing the man who's trying to remain optimistic about the Ravens' situation by rationalizing the latest backfield additions in a more unorthodox manner, insisting, quote, two of the greatest Baltimoreans had last names of Murray and Freeman, so let's hope they can run as well as Eddie Hit and Lester investigated, unquote. Following the finalization of the historic U.S. Open women's final matchup between two teenagers, he looked back fondly on his greatest accomplishments before the age of 20, including the time he ate six Whoppers in one sitting, and the other time he ate seven Whoppers in one sitting. He is Glenn Clark. The uh, U.S. Open sent out a tweet this morning and said, what was your greatest accomplishment as a teenager? And i got to be honest with you, I still think mine, more unlikely than what we're going to see on Saturday is the time I made out with Miss Jewish Maryland at a Busta Rhymes concert when I was a freshman at UMBC. And I say that in part because... Well, you paid extra for that ticket. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, they were free. We were students. Um, uh, I, uh, I, I looked a little different when I was a freshman in college. I, uh, Let's just say you were not Mr. Jewish Maryland. No, I was definitely not Mr. Jewish Maryland. I wasn't Mr. whatever Maryland I would have uh, been at that point in my life. Uh, but yet, we, uh, we all scurried off... There was a, we threw a party before the we threw a pregame for the Buster Rhymes concert, and uh, at one point this is how stupid we were. We were all in this apartment on campus. We thought the cops were coming, as if like this wasn't what everybody was doing on camp. Like imagine them zeroing in on on ours. We thought the cops were coming, and we all scurried into different places in the apartment. And she and I. And this is the old. I just have to be faster than you, bit. Kinda, you were yes. Kind of the loser in that one. No, I we were hi- We weren't trying to get out of the apartment. We were hiding. We thought they were like at our. Somebody knocked, and like okay. we thought it was the cops at our door. Sure. And so there was no getting out. We were just hiding. Well, there within is the, if you're Omar. There is that. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. We were just hiding within the apartment, and she and I were the only two that decided to go to the bathroom. I don't know why. I would have thought that would have been like the first place someone would go to hide because, like, hey, I'm in here taking a, a dump, you know? Like, sure, you sure. Know, come bang the door down, right? I'm just in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I live uh, here. I'm right. Pooping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something along those lines. And um, I had not talked to her the entire time we were at this party. And all of a sudden, she was, we were making out. And I was like, well, this is wild. And then I thought, like, maybe she thought I was somebody else. Like, maybe. Starting I mean, offensive linemen for, <laughs> for the retrievers. That's, that's cool. Like, I'll roll with that. And uh, it continued at the the Busta Rhymes concert. Like we were uh, we were buddied up for the night, and then uh, you know, she and gave the me lights a, turned on. She gave me her number, and it was pre-social media. This is 2002, I guess, the spring of 02. She gave me her number. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna call her. Never remembered what her name was. <laughs> That's a problem. Never remember what her name was. Convinced myself that I wasn't gonna. Couldn't call you have Googled it? I, how would I th- Google what? Miss Jewish Maryland. Oh, they didn't keep those rec. This in 2002, there was not the record keeping of things along those lines. This was not something that was going on at that point. They might have kept the records from Miss Maryland at that point, but not. Yeah, I bet they would Jewish do that. Maryland. I would imagine. Uh, anyway, so there's a pleasant distraction from the reality of the world. Good morning, Glenn Clark Radio. I know what you want me to say. Today's show brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The Oktoberfest menu is coming. The Oktoberfest menu is coming. The Oktoberfest menu is coming. Next Tuesday, the Oktoberfest menu launches featuring the popular chicken schnitzel as well as the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Prussian pretzel rolls, the slam dunk pretzels, and apple cobbler. Pair them with the uh, Oktoberfest beers that are plentiful at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill or an Angry Orchard if you'd prefer. Oh, love that. 
Love that menu, Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. All right, so we are going to talk about it. Bo Smoker will join us in a bit later on this hour. Jamal Lewis, man who knows a thing or two about devastating preseason injuries to running backs like himself. Um, we'll talk to him. Um, we, I just, I, I tried to explain it on Twitter yesterday. About an hour before we got all this news yesterday, Kurt Warner said, hey, man, I can record this interview now. Can we go ahead and do it? I got to do the um, – uh, he wasn't going to be able to join us live this morning because he was doing the Buccaneers game Real last cheeky night. Di- we were going to do it at 4. So, yeah. So the plan was we are going to record the interview at, at – uh, hang on a second. We couldn't, Pull the curtain back. We couldn't, we couldn't have Kurt on live this morning because he, was, tra- he was traveling. From He was doing the game. He flew to Tampa to do the game. He lives in Arizona. He was flying back to Arizona before he goes, uh, goes to do the game on Monday night in Vegas. Busy man. So this was our – we had a window yesterday afternoon in which we are going to be able to interview uh, interview Kurt Warner and air it on the show. And since we're just previewing a football game mm-hmm. that wasn't going to be happening until Monday, we were like, well, we won't be able to talk about the Buccaneers game he called last night. But that's okay. We don't want to talk about them. We want to talk about the Ravens. So no problem. We'll do it in the afternoon. And Kyle sends me the, uh, the hot call. He's like, hey, man, Kurt, schedule changed a little bit. Well, not uh, even that. He just said, hey, guys. Yeah, I was I'm, gonna try and get some rest. I'm but, a busy man. But uh, can couldn't. Do it? couldn't, couldn't. So why don't we go ready ahead? whenever? Why don't we you go, let me do know. it now? Not that like, he didn't even say I can't do four. He was just like, yeah. When do you want to do it? And me, I'm like, well, let's go ahead and knock it out. Let's get yeah. it done because you just never know. You leave some of these things up to chance. Maybe you know he gets a more sure. important. I don't know if you've heard. Kurt Warner was the man that like presidents demand to meet when they visit Arizona. So. He thought maybe we should just go ahead and take advantage of the window that we had with sure. Kurt Warner, who's always been unbelievably oh, yeah. kind to me since we I got to know him when I was He's in kind Arizona. Everybody. It's kind of the person He's a he very is. kind person, no but I have I been extraordinarily media, fortunate yes. that I've had this relationship with Kurt Warner for some time. So let's go ahead and knock it out. I know he's a busy man. I know how important he is. He's got other things to do. So we go ahead. We knock out the interview. It's great. We record it. God bless. Hour later. Yep. And I just sent Kyle a text. I'm like, hell of a day to have pre-recorded an interview with Kurt Warner. So we're going to air the parts of it that are still relevant. And it's still, you know, they're still in In fact, I said yesterday, hey, would you still, would you try to sign Latavius Murray? Was one of the questions that I asked. Became more relevant, obviously, given what happened yesterday. But um, he gave a good answer. And, you know, it'll be a little bit awkward because it'll reference, you know, thinking that Gus was healthy. Sure, sure, sure. But, you know, we're going to roll with it. Uh, also today, we will talk to Matt McGloin, former Penn State and NFL quarterback. Raiders quarterback. Yes, uh, he was a Raiders quarterback. That is correct. Um, we'll talk to him. He's calling Marilyn Howard for Big Ten Network tomorrow night. We'll also talk to him about just sort of the nature of getting this type of devastating news at the beginning of the season, what it, the impact it has on a football team. And uh, Brad Nassler is going to join us a little bit later on. He's calling Navy Air Force. Obviously, a very special day in Annapolis tomorrow, 20th uh, anniversary of 9-11. And uh, purposefully, this game was scheduled to be nationally broadcast on CBS. So we'll talk to Brad Nessler about being a part of that. Not great. I, I've been through all of it, right? Like, I've been through all of it. And and no one there wasn't really denial. Thought, Couldn't really have much denial here. No. Well, I mean, at <laughs> first, of grief. No, no, that's not true. At first, you do like the 
Well, they're not sure that these are season-ending injuries. And, I like, you start you. doing the math where I wasn't even going to start editing the Kurt Warner interview because I'm like, well, maybe by the time we wake up tomorrow, we'll find out it wasn't as bad as we thought. We, we talked yesterday. I was all's like, good. I was like, I would pretty much, once Schefter, once yeah, they well, you reported, said, you said something like, there's no chance that there is. You said something to me like, I was like there's no chance it's not actually And I was like, dude, injury. do you think Adam Schefter Agreed. is going to tweet out what he tweeted out Agreed. if it's not certain? Yep. And, and you were like, yeah, probably not. I'm like, yeah, that's it's the way it is. And the Ravens would give that would not give that information in that way if Correct. they thought there was a chance. But I even had that moment still where I considered the possibility that perhaps it wasn't maybe maybe that there was doom and gloom in the moment, but hey, you know, a lot of times we thought it was really bad with Jimmy Smith a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We thought like that could be a worst case scenario, but not that long after we found out that it was only kinda bad, not, you know, extraordinarily bad. Uh obviously not the case. Look. Um, I, let's go through all of it as much as we can in ten minutes before Bo Smolka joins us. Okay, let's try to let's try to cut through every layer of it. You can't get over how devastating this is for a few reasons, and we can't pretend like it isn't. And part of it is the totality of what we're talking about. We're talking about four players who were expected to be significant contributors to a good football team, a team that had a chance to do something special, all being done before a game was played. Mm-hmm. With the reality being there are 17 games to be played. Unfortunately, there's likely to be more injuries. Four significant contributors before the season ever began, knowing that's not going to be the end of it. That's devastating from a totality perspective to have four dudes, including LJ Fort, all who was going to be a starter for this football team, and maybe we don't have as high of expectations for LJ Fort as we had for the other three, but important piece. You can also throw in Justice Hill, like, you know, not expected to be a significant contributor, but he was a special teams player. I mean, this was a guy that had a role on this football team. So five guys that had roles on this football team could go for a burger, by the way. Five guys that had roles on this football team all gone before there's even a game played. That's overwhelming. Yeah. You can you can have bad news and you can have unfortunate things occur, but the math for that is impossible. To have it happen on back-to-back plays in a non-padded practice is... Cursed. Uh, makes you think... That you're doomed. I can't imagine. When I heard that they just ended practice yesterday, I said, yeah, that makes sense. Because I don't know how you continue at that point. It just makes you feel like there's some Final destination S going on. Like somebody is out to get you. The reality of it being your two top running backs for a team that does nothing but run and centered on these guys as being the guys that, and I say nothing but run, you get what I'm saying. I'm going to make that very clear. As the guys that can shoulder that load, overwhelming. I mean, over, that's outrageous that this would happen this way. Outrageous. The unbelievable bad luck. I mean, this is, it's unfathomable that would it occur this way. It is not – Marcus Peters' role on this football team is extraordinarily important, mm-hmm. and we can say, yeah, but you know, as long as you can keep these other guys healthy. Part of it is 
there's no world in which you can expect Jimmy Smith to play 17 games, and there's no world in which you can expect Tavon Young to play 17 games. Part of it is that. But even if you could, even if there was a world in which those guys could both play 17 games, what Marcus Peters brought to the table and how it helped overcome what was an underwhelming pass rush Mm -hmm. cannot be overstated. This is overwhelming what the Ravens have lost before a game is even played. Now there's the flip side. All of the other stuff. The, yes, but it's not Lamar. And there's no getting around it. There is one player whose presence dooms, or lack of presence would doom the season. There's one. That's Lamar Jackson. You can argue that the Ravens lost either the second or third most important player on the roster a year ago and still made it to the second round of the playoffs. I I don't know who, I mean, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey would kind of be the argument for who the second and third most important players are on this roster. And they played without the the second or third most important player on the roster. And they made it further than they had made it any other season since Lamar Jackson's been the quarterback. Offensive line is still healthy at the moment. So we can't we can't allow it's a really weird vibe today. It's a weird vibe where, in a way, it kind of feels like the season ended. But the reality is that it didn't, not just because they're gonna play the games anyway, but because they're gonna play the games with Lamar Jackson. And and while there's this practical feeling you have of you were kind of already up against it. And this is the the part that's awkward. The part that's awkward is you're playing the Chiefs next week. And it's a reminder of you were up against it trying to get to a Super Bowl this season, even if you had all your guys. Now it feels virtually impossible to get to a Super Bowl. Well, it definitely feels very, 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 very unlikely to win in week two. Let's put it that way. For sure. I mean, for sure. Things... If you want to say that by the time we get to the postseason, both Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen have gotten hurt, or whatever that there's it is. no guarantee this is what the running back group looks like I, come I, week we, seven, well, right? You know, right. I understand what you're saying. My point being, like, at the moment, it feels overwhelmed. Just because it, it, you weren't the favorites to begin with. Sure. You were, you were facing an uphill battle. Things were going to have to go right for you just because there's this giant behemoth that you have to get past in order to get to a Super Bowl. To yesterday's show when we were picking division winners, it's hard to pick the Ravens at this point in the AFC North. No, I don't, I don't even know about that. I think that this at least makes the Browns conversation as the favorites maybe more strong. Maybe, yeah. I, may, I, might argue with, I might agree with that. I might agree with that. Um, it's tough, but yet at the same time, and this is the conversation that I, I had the last couple of years when they were having good luck, this is the part that nobody wants to talk about. When you're having a good season injury-wise, nobody says, nobody moves the goalposts. We don't say, well, now if you don't win the Super Bowl, it's a failure. We don't talk about it when a team is having incredibly good fortune in the injury department, as they did the first season after, outside of Joe Flacco, right? Like, they had good fortune in the injury department. And we don't talk about it then. We don't say, hey, well, because you had all this good luck, you either have to win the Super Bowl or the season's a bust. And in the same way, you don't get to move the goalposts when you're having bad luck injury-wise. There's one 
injury that allows you to move the goalposts. That's the nature of football any longer. Your quarterback, that's it. Your quarterback gets hurt, goalposts are moved. Now, sometimes the Philadelphia Eagles end up pulling a rabbit out of their, their hat and winning a Super Bowl anyway, but it's extraordinarily rare. If they pulled it out of their ass. They might have pulled that one out of their ass, honestly. You, your quarterback gets hurt, you can move the goalposts, but you can't move the goalposts now. The goal has to continue to be winning a Super Bowl. And the Ravens are left scratching and clawing and trying to figure out a way to do that. For now, they're going to hope their cornerbacks, the rest of them, stay healthy. You heard Wink Martindale say that Anthony Averett is an all-pro caliber cornerback. They're going to need him to be. They're going to need Anthony Averett to be ready to step up. They're going to need Tavon Young to stay on the field. They're going to need Adafi to be a legit pass rusher. They're going to need to get whatever it looks like, whether it's Adafi Owe, Justin Houston. They're going to need that group to be better at getting the quarterback. They need all of those things. But it's not moving the goalposts. It's not Marcus Peters got hurt, so now... You know, we just got to throw our arms up in the air. And they still have talent in the secondary. I mean, look, Marlon Humphrey is still one of the best quarterbacks in football. They appear to be quite keen on the gains that Sean Elliott has made. We know Chuck Clark is a reliable player and in the right place all the time. And so They think Brandon Stevens can can be a contributor. A lot of people would point out, this is why you don't trade Sean Wade. I mean, I hear you. I if he was fixing this issue. I doubt doubt he would get the snaps over Averitt, right? No, but but this is the reality of of, you've got 17 games to play, and the likelihood of you keeping all these guys healthy is, is none. It's not slim to none. It's none. Mm-hmm. Period. These guys are not all staying healthy. And so it. I don't – I can't argue with the people that say this is why you don't trade Sean Wade. Okay. I mean, I hear you. I hear you. It's a decision but, you have to make and cut somebody right, else, though, you, so. But you had to get the roster to where you had to get it, and you weren't cutting Marcus Peters. So it, it's not an easy conversation to have. As far as the running back thing is concerned, I have no effing idea. At one point yesterday, in one of my leagues, I had grabbed Freeman, Bell, and Murray. They Murray were all was sitting on my there roster. before the Ravens even signed them, and I said, the, the, the Ravens can't be done. <laughs> Man, I grabbed all three of them. I dropped Mikal Hardman. I kind of regret that. That was yeah. kind of a mistake. I dropped my kicker, and I don't remember who the third one was that I dropped in order to get. I, all three of these guys I put on my roster yesterday because I have no yeah. bloody clue i just picked up freeman as damage control because i had gus and williams and this one i'm like well i don't know so. I, I don't and that's part of all of this i mean if i had to, if you were going to put a gun to my head which first of all you know right Rot. why please it's, it's not that serious i think murray is number two in this back i don't know at that this point he might not be number one right i like, mean i don't know that he's not number one right. if i mean williams will have a chance in week one to oh, show Ty- he Tyson deserves williams definitely would presumably get snaps on monday night i don't know that it will be as the feature running back because I, I don't the know if playbook, the playbook you keep I saying get it. That. i get it the ravens I, run the football if, and if latavius murray can't come right in if a guy that's 31 that's been in the nfl for as long as latavius murray has and has success can't come right in and pick up the playbook enough that he can be the guy. That's a bigger problem, right? Like that- I think, well, they still need somebody. I don't know who they lean on in pass protection. Latavius Murray has not learned the playbook to the point where it's a matter of I, so I, there's, if there's any level of nuance. I, and- I'm being as honest as I can about this. I think they use the playbook thing as, as a crutch a lot when they feel good about what they could do otherwise. I don't – again, there's a lot of complications here. If If – if they they might 
feel good about Tyson Williams. They might. They might think in their minds that Tyson Williams was going to be Gus Edwards. They might think that, right? That might be what they think. We have no clue. No clue. And I couldn't even get an inkling of something like that. They also might think they, he was a guy they never really wanted to put on the field at all. That they were going to talk him up and talk him up in order to make sure nobody thought they were in a place of weakness in trades. Mm-hmm. Like, that they're going to they're gonna gas him up, if you might, uh, if you will. That, let's gas up uh, Tyson Williams. And so everybody knows we feel really good. Look, you know, we, got it. we don't have to trade for a running back. We're not. We, we like the guys that we have. They might have been doing that when secretly all along they felt like, mm, we'll keep him on the roster, but we don't want this guy playing. And that's the reason why they went and got Le'Veon Bell. And I don't know. I don't know. I, th- it could be anywhere between those two things. It could be anything. We're going to talk to Bo about it here in one second, but I, I don't know that Bo knows. I mean, Bo couldn't know. This is unprecedented. We're all going to find out together on Monday. And it's no fun for fantasy football owners. That's a bummer. But obviously that's not the Ravens' concern. They've got to figure out what they can do that can make it work. And you can imagine somehow piecing it together from this group. I'm not confident about that, but you could imagine it. It's not impossible that this group, whoever it is, ends up... It tests the theory that it's not the running backs, it's Lamar Jackson. Well, but specifically with Murray, just because you believe that he's truly an NFL running back that... I get it. Like, it... It's one thing to pull guys off the scrap heap mm-hmm. like Le'Veon Bell and uh, an undrafted free agent that's never played. This is Latavius Murray is a guy that's been a very, very good running back, just in a lesser role for the last couple of years. There's no reason to think he shouldn't be able to succeed. I, I feel far different about that than I would have felt about this group without Latavius Murray. We'll talk more about it. Today's show brought to you by Window Nation. All September long, they are giving you a great deal. Two free windows for every two you buy. Wood or vinyl styles. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings. Pay 0% interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Bo Smolka, uh, can you confirm or deny the presence of any black cats around the Ravens facility in Owings Mills this week? I haven't seen any, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bet the money that they're not around. It has been unbelievable. Um, this is it's outrageous, right? Like, and it, it's it's the this is the difficulty of having this conversation is that there's there's practical things that we have to deal with, and then there's like I I can't imagine what it must have been like to be a player on the field yesterday after this happens. I the the least surprising thing is that they would just cancel practice yeah. at that point. I can't I, imagine. I mean, we the um. The media interviews went on about an hour before practice started. That's how they do it typically this time of year. And so Marcus Peters actually spoke at the podium Ugh. yesterday morning. And was and talking was about terrific. Gus Edwards, right? <laughs> so it's, it's you know, he yeah, he basically said, oh, we lost um, J.K. Dobbins. Well, we'll, we'll, ride, we'll ride the Gus bus or whatever he said in that respect. But he was so loose. He was so relaxed. He was so energetic. He was so excited to play this opener in Las Vegas. Uh, he, he was very kind of honest and candid about how much he loves being in Baltimore. You know, his career bounced around a little bit, being traded a couple times. And so he was just, uh, couldn't have been more positive about everything. And then an hour later, he goes down for the season. It's just a brutal blow. But so uh, it's an amazing run of injuries when you think about it. And it's also worth pointing out, you know, and I'm not saying, I don't want to 
um, regurgitate the Dobbins debate, but of course everyone, uh, everyone, a lot of people were very upset that they played Dobbins in that last preseason game because he got hurt. And now here we are in a non-contact, non-padded practice, and two guys go down. So it can happen anywhere at any time. Uh, there's no doubt about that, and you know we'll we'll continue to have those ba- debates for forever. There will not be a correct answer to them. It'll just continue to be these these wild opinions that'll be thrown out there. Um, Bo, I guess let's try to talk about the practical. I, I'm going to start before we get the running back because it's such a mess. Let me start with with what happens now in the secondary without Marcus Peters. I guess the first question was how healthy are the Ravens going into Monday night in the secondary? So give me. Give me, you know, the the macro and the micro. Give me this week what it looks like, and then give me big picture what the Ravens envision the secondary to look like without Marcus Peters. I mean, other than it looks like it'll be Anthony Averett will most likely step into the the starting role that Peters would have had. Um, and you know, they've often said I've heard of Wink Martindale's. I've had players tell me Averett's a starting caliber corner. A lot of teams that didn't have both Humphrey and Peters. Averett would be starting. So they feel comfortable about Averett. He's probably a drop-down from Peters, of course, but they feel comfortable about Averett. And honestly, it suddenly becomes a huge deal for Averett. I mean, this is a guy that's going to be a free agent next year. Um, this, this, is a, this is going to be a pivotal year for his career. Um, Jimmy Smith is a guy that they think might be close to being ready. I mean, he wasn't on the injury report yesterday. He's been working out again, but he missed a month, and he started practice for the first time on, I think, Tuesday this week. So um, I don't think he's back at 100%. I don't think he's really close to 100% yet, but he's not that far away, and he becomes an important option again. Um, And I I joked with someone yesterday. I said, who would have thought that Tavon Young would be the healthiest quarterback this summer? Um, But he has been okay. He's looked good. So, um, And then, of course, they kept Chris Chris Westry, the big 6'4", the long, lean 6'4", corner from Kentucky that kind of, earned a spot this summer, and now he becomes a more pivotal piece um, of this secondary. So I think that, that you know, Averitt's the guy that's going to be the – is going to be the next man up for Peters. Um, and then in terms – you know, they'll, they'll rotate in when they can. I mean, they've also got um, Brandon Stevens as a wild card who could play a little bit in the slot instead of Young, but Young's going to be a slot guy. Um, Averitt's the one to watch, though. He'll be the guy that takes Peters' spot. Uh, and so it sounds like what you're saying is they're not likely to be looking outside for any help in the secondary. That while it's it's disappointing and they would rather have Marcus Peters, they're going to be rolling with the guys that they have. I mean, I don't know who's there. I don't I, I don't know who's going to be out there that's going to upgrade over Anthony Avery. Yep. That you're just going to no one's going to walk off the street. If that guy was on the street, he'd be signed. Yep. Um, and so I do think they'll look to, to sign another defensive back for their practice squad because I think they need one. Um, they just need to have that insurance anyway. So I think they will look for that, but I think that's more likely to be a developmental guy than a guy that they think is realistically going to be the next guy to quickly move in and start. All right, now let's get to the crapshoot. Now let's get to where we all have to acknowledge we're probably just guessing. Let's talk about the running backs, Bo. (laughs) Um, I, I know Tyson Williams is the guy that's been there, and I know that they've said nice things about Tyson Williams, but there's a lot of context to that, right? Like, you're not going to – when you might be in the market to trade for a running back, you're certainly not going to try to appear unhappy with what you have. You're going to say all the right things about that. The question becomes, do they love Tyson Williams enough that 
they're ready for him to be a featured running back in the NFL despite having, having never played before? Or do they like Tyson Williams enough that like he could get snaps and they're going to have to figure out who a primary back is among these other guys they've signed in the last couple of days? I think they like him enough and he's familiar enough with what they're doing that they'll, they'll, he'll be, I don't know if I, I don't even I would call any of them a primary back. Um, but I think he'll be a key part of what they do on Monday. Um, I think they, I think they, he's familiar, which is the, the only running back you can say that about. And look, I, here's the thing. I know running backs, you know, a guy like Murray, a guy like Freeman, a guy like Le'Veon Bell, they've all done it in the league, right? Bell hasn't practiced all summer, so he's probably further away than the others. But I think the most important thing with these running backs, especially in this offense, is to just get the timing down with Lamar Jackson and this RPO and the mesh point exchanges and stuff like that. That's, that's not something that every team does. You have to, I think you have to develop a feel for how Jackson plays. Um, I, can totally see, I can totally see it happening where, say, Latavius Murray's in there in the game on Monday night. He thinks he's getting the ball. Jackson thinks Jackson knows he's keeping the ball. There, there's a miscommunication on the exchange. There's a fumble to the 12-yard line, and now the Raiders have the ball. That's what you want to avoid. Um, and I think that what Williams gives them for now is the experience of playing with Jackson. Even if it's just been a year as a practice squad yeah, guy when he know. wasn't even really with the, running with the ones and this summer. But I think there's something to that. And then I think they do evaluate these other players. I think one of those two, most likely Murray, will end up being the, quote, number two back on Monday. I mean, the guy's not even on the team yet, but I think he'll be the number two running back on Monday. And then um, Trenton Cannon, the other back that they signed, who no one's really talking about. He's more like a Justice Hill special teams, maybe get a few uh, snaps in the backfield kind of guy. Um, but I think for, for starters, until, until the rest of them get familiar here, and it may be only a week or two, I think Williams will be a key part of what they do. Um, I, I, does, can they keep all of these guys? It seems like, I, I know the practice squad thing is like you get two weeks that you can call them up, correct? So it feels like they're going to have to decide who the three or four guys are in the next, in the next, they don't have a lot of time in order to make these decisions. Yeah. So you can act, you can, you can call two players, elevate two a player from the practice squad twice um, before they'd have to be moved up to the 53 man roster. Now keep in mind, there's going to be two empty roster spots here. Once Hill and Edward, or once Edwards and Peters go to the, to uh, IR, presumably one of those running backs will take that spot. Um, and I think they'll move someone off the practice squad. They, I mean, you can only have six veteran players of four or more years' experience on the practice squad. You know, this practice squad has turned out to be – the coaches love it because now the squad – they did it last year. They elevate – they increased the practice squad to 16 players, yep. and they made a, a stipulation that six of them can be veterans. In the past, the practice squad was almost exclusively developmental players. Now you have this slot, six slots for veterans. Well, the Ravens already have six guys that are veterans on that practice squad, so they can't. Do, they, they they had that problem yesterday, and that's why they waived Jordan Richards to sign Le'Veon Bell. Um, it does become a bit of musical chairs, but they're going to have two open slots on the main roster, and presumably two of those veterans will move up. One of them will probably be one of these new running backs, and I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Levine or Justin Ellis. One, you know, they're a little short on the defensive line with Derek Wolf being hurt. They could move one of them up to the 53-man roster as well, and then that would open up a practice squad spot, and that, that would be 
Levine and Ellis are two veterans who are on the practice squad. So it will be a little um, roster gymnastics going on with Eric DaCosta. I think they can make it work, but one of these running backs will end up on the 53-man roster probably today. Sure. Um, and then, you know, Le'Veon Bell is the guy who will probably stay on the practice squad because he, he's, he hasn't worked out. Or, I mean, he's, got, he's had two non-contact practices all summer. So right. He's the farthest away, I think, and then they'll work with the others. I keep, I keep like the practical part of me, uh, and I know this is, I, I don't care about the fantasy football side of this, but that's what everybody's trying to figure out, Bo. I, the practical part of me says everything about these guys suggests to me that by like week three, I have to imagine Latavius Murray becomes the 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 top back of this group. Like everything about what we know of these guys. It just seems implausible to me that it's anything other than Latavius Murray being this team's primary back pretty soon into the season. I mean, that's certainly possible, and it, it you know, I, it's a fair assessment. I don't. Even, I, at this point, I'm not even going to go. Right, well, I get it, but we're all guessing. Implications yeah, right. guys, I have no idea how they'll rotate them through. Right. Um, right. Greg Roman's going to speak later today, and I'm sure he's not going to. No, he probably doesn't even know himself. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I would think one of these veteran backs, and Murray is probably the top of the heap, would, would end up elevating to, I don't want to say even featured back, because I think they're going to distribute the ball, you know, multiple ways again. Um, but, yeah, if you were to make a depth chart in week four, I don't think prop, uh, Tyson Williams probably is not on top of it. Um, so that, that would make sense. But, uh, you know, Tyson Williams, to his credit, has earned a chance to get a look. And I know no one would have predicted it to be this way, um, but I think he'll be in the mix, as I said. But it wouldn't surprise me, to your point, if one of these other guys is, quote, the first, the number one running back by week three or four. Do you still think it's possible, Bo, that, you know, we, we've seen a more aggressive Eric DaCosta in terms of trying to address biggest needs in order to go win the Super Bowl? And look, it did not work out, obviously, a year ago. We can't hide from it. The Anik Ngakwe thing you know, I don't know if we call it a disaster, but it just, it was not, it didn't end up being a good move for the Baltimore Ravens. But do you, do you think it's plausible that this is something that could still, whatever's happening at the beginning of the season could still end up being different by week six, because knowing we've seen a bit more aggressiveness from Eric DaCosta, he's going to be monitoring to see if there's something that might make a bigger fit and acknowledging that they, they like the running backs they're going to have in future years. You know, he never never stops looking. The question is, as always, what are you willing to give away? And I know they've got a ton of draft picks right now. Um, You're right, the Ngakwe thing, it it didn't turn out to be an ideal fit. So, yeah, you chuck that one up to one that didn't quite work out. Yeah, I think he'll absolutely be looking around. I mean, there's no one one in this organization (laughs) wanted to be here where they are right now with, you know, pulling three – they have pulled three running backs off the streets in four days, really four, and – uh it's it's crazy quite honestly so you know this is a team that still thinks they have they, they have they have a designs on the super bowl at yep. this point it's it's you know things change but look they also don't have remember they also don't have their number one rookie receiver for the next three weeks they don't have nick boyle who well he'll be back but he hasn't practiced this week i don't think he's going to play on monday um they're shorthanded and and it's going to be very interesting to see what things look like after week four and, and, and where they assess what they are. But I don't think – I know he likes having this bank of draft, draft picks that he's assembled so that he can make moves if he wants to. Um, but I, I, I think, honestly, it just seems to me 
and I'm not out of the facility yet. I'll be going out there shortly. It just seems to me that that there's this the organization just has to be shell shocked by sure. these developments, and they have to think on their feet now and make the best of it. I mean, that's that's I think everyone is, but I don't know how you could possibly not be totally shell shocked. Is there anything else non-running back uh, that we should be thinking about? Like you, you brought up the hey, don't forget there's the Nick Boyle situation. Is there anything else that we should still be thinking about going into Monday? Hey. Well, I mean, I think it's going to be very interesting. You know, so much was made of of Lamar Jackson and the passing game, and Marquise Brown is back, and Sammy Watkins is back. They're both practicing. They both look healthy. I mean, if if this if this passing game is going to take a step forward, now is the time, right? right? You, right. you have one running back who's the lead running back who has never played an NFL game. Now is the time for the passing game to really step up and say, okay, running game, we can we can be there for you. Um, and we'll see if they are, because we don't know if they are, as it is. They hardly practice together, as we said. And so, but it's, it, it becomes a matter of urgency that this passing game gets fixed. At B. Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. Pick up the new print issue of Press Box to read a story about Marlon Humphrey. That, he's still there. We like that. Marlon Humphrey is still there. Go get that today at your neighborhood Royal Farms, hundreds of locations around town. Read all the stuff, pressboxonline.com. Uh, Bo, uh, you know, unprecedented, but we'll be talking about it. Appreciate it, my friend. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Friday. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, joining us here on GCR. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Jamal Lewis joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash and Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. 
As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, Beer, Wine, and Spirits Showcase, and so much more. Come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, October 14th through 17th. Buy your tickets now at MarylandFiveStar.us with the number five. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Glenn Clark Radio, Clark Radio.com. There's still going to be an opener on Monday night, and there's still going to be a huge party to kick off the season. The Baltimore Ravens countdown to kickoff party Monday night at M&T Bank Stadium, presented by Miller Lite, live performance by All Time Low. Live broadcast from WBAL, all sorts of great events. The concession stands will be open. Parking is free. Tickets are just 10 bucks, and you can hang out, watch the game afterwards on the Ravens Vision boards with all of the regular in-game entertainment that you would get for home games. You're going to want to be there. If you're not going to Vegas, you're going to want to be at the stadium on Monday night for the Baltimore Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Party presented by Miller Lite. Go right now to BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff in order to get your tickets. They are just $10. They will go up to 20 the day of the event, which is still an amazing deal, but $10 is even more amazing. So go right now and get yours for the party Monday night at M&T Bank Stadium. Baltimore Ravens, countdown to kickoff party, BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff. Let's welcome in a man um, who maybe he's got some carries left in him. Maybe he could help the Ravens <laughs> as they get ready to start the season. It's always a pleasure to welcome back one of the greatest players in Ravens history. Jamal Lewis is with us now here on GCR. Jamal, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you as always, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, no problem, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's great to chat with you, sir. I guess uh, before we get into this, is, is there any chance, like, you know, the Ravens are in – they're in some trouble in the running back department. Could you, could you give them, like, seven snaps a game at this point? Would you be able to still, you know, get four yards per carry? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish. I wish. <laughs> hey, look, but these legs, hey, look, they're just used for walking right now. <laughs> I understand that at this point in your life. That's the way it's going to have to be. Um, Jamal, can you take me back? I know a lot of people were talking about this yesterday when we got this news about Gus Edwards and, and Marcus Peters. Um, yours in, you know, the year after the Super Bowl occurred much earlier in training camp. But can you take me back to that day and, and what you remember and the feeling and sort of the vibe? I know it was far different for you because you were dealing with your reality, but there was a whole team around you that was watching it happen. What do you remember about that day and how difficult it was for everyone? Um, I just, I, I just, I remember, you know, we had the, the cameras all around because we had hard knocks going on at the time and all of that, <clears throat> just coming off the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, Gerback, you know, was in the system trying to get him acquainted. Uh, but man, just, just a regular old day, uh, you know, in, um, uh, in Westminster, you know, at McDaniel College, you know, just, just doing what we do and, <clears throat> constantly running the play, constantly running the play, and then all of a sudden, you know, it just went bad. And it wasn't a bad hit. It wasn't, you know, like, you know, it wasn't something that was negligent or anything like that. It was just, hey, running the play, 
and, you know, got rolled up on or whatever. And you could just see the, the air just go out of everybody because, you know, that I, I went down, you know, and um, you never want that to happen. Um, you know, injuries, they do happen, but they're unexpected. You never expect the injury uh, to actually happen, you know, and, and it always shows up at the wrong time. And that's what that's that's how it panned out. And, um, you know, uh, you know, just put the team, you know, at, at, at Paul's and, you know, uh, Ozzy, he had to go and, and and round up some troops to come in and, 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 and handle that running back position and everything. So it was, um, you know, it was, it wasn't a good day. I can tell you that. And every time I look at that hard knock, I just think about it and it just takes me back to that time. Can, there's a there's a bunch of stuff that jumps out at me, Jamal, as the Ravens are dealing with this now. You mentioned that Ozzie had to go round up the Mo Williams and the Terry Allens of the world and try to go make it work, and the Ravens are doing kind of the same thing right now, right? Like they're rounding up Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray, and these are all guys that have had success in the NFL. H how long does it take, Jamal, like when somebody shows up somewhere not knowing the offense? Le'Veon's case, he didn't even have a preseason. He wasn't working out anywhere. How long does it take before someone could be ready to go and and be helpful with the team? Um, you know, these guys are vets, you know, especially Le'Veon. So I, I take it, you know, he's been on a couple teams um, already. And, you know, once you've been in one system, you've been in them all. Uh, it's just understanding the terminology um, and, and, and the blocking schemes or whatever uh, for that particular team. But – I think Le'Veon, he'll be good. Uh, Devontae Freeman, happy to see him, um, you know, able to get back out there. I think he'll be a good addition. He fits right in uh, with that offense as well, so they'll be able to utilize him um, also. Uh, but, you know, I just think that uh, it, it doesn't take long. You know, it's just, it's just as long as the team is comfortable that they know what they're doing and they know the offense. Uh, I think as a player – you know, you can tell us to run 40 slides, 60 outside, whatever it might be, and it's the same, you know. Same read, same pat, track, same everything. Uh, it's just that guy being comfortable. And you also have to look at Devontae Freeman hasn't played uh, since I don't know when. Uh, Le'Veon, uh, you know, what was the last action that he had? So you kind of – it's not really them learning the system. It's basically not putting them in a position where they get out there and get hurt because – I feel that, you know, it's the same thing that happened to these guys. You know, we went through, you know, COVID last year and this offseason, just things, how things are panned out and how sure. they're doing things or whatever. Hey, they, uh, you know, you just don't want them, you know, vulnerable to get hurt as well. Jamal Lewis is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I want, I want to follow up on a couple of things here, Jamal. One, um, you were alluding to that and you talked earlier about, you know, these things just happen, right? Like the injuries just occur. And there's this weird thing that occurs when, when something like yesterday, we have two players get hurt where oddly people are looking for somebody to blame, right? Like, well, is there a problem with the training staff? Is there a problem with, you know, the, what the guys are doing? Can you speak to the idea that like, sometimes these just are fluky, like as crazy as it is that the two players would suffer these types of significant injuries back to back, like can you speak to how random this truly can be that there is there is no way that that this is somebody's fault necessarily that you would have a day like this yeah it's no it is nobody it's nobody's fault uh but you do have to look at all season training programs uh that's why I brought that up with covid and everything and how things have changed a little bit 
Um, but you do have to think about that. You know, what's the what's that what's that uh what's that off season program like? Uh what are these guys doing? Um, you know, as a run at the running back position, what I had to learn was the fact that it's a lot of cutting, it's a lot of explosion. Uh you're getting in in and out of certain positions uh that are kind of quirky, right? Um, so you have to prepare for that. And that's how I trained in off season basically after I had that injury. And as a running back, you know, sometimes you fall short of, you know, you don't train like everybody else trained. And that's one of the reasons why I never showed up to off-season workouts because I had my own regimen. I had my own training uh, system, and I knew what worked for me. Um, and a lot of times that is the case. So you're right. It's nobody's fault, but at the same time, you have to prepare uh, a certain way in the off season when you know you got to go in and, and 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 take on the load and uh and, and really I, I as a running back I go back and I would evaluate my off season training program so if I'm Gus uh if I'm JK basically I'm looking at you know hey what did I do this off season to prepare did I do anything different um, mm-hmm. did I not do anything something that I should have done I'm going back evaluating my training regimen because that's usually where it starts. So of, of the group that the Ravens signed, I'm, I particularly, I have this real interest in Latavius Murray just because, you know, Jamal, he had a really nice season the last couple of years. He's averaging four and a half carries and getting a lot of work in New Orleans. He seems to be the guy to me, and he had a full uh, preseason that might be able to slide in really quickly and be helpful. I think a lot of people have brought up the difficulty of the mesh point, right, and the way the Ravens run their offense is it as difficult as some people make it out to be to be, you know, with these RPOs, with this, you know, not knowing exactly what Lamar is going to want to do on every play? Is it more difficult for a running back to get acclimated somewhere like here just because you never know when Lamar might be pulling the ball back and taking it himself? Is that as daunting or should that be something that every running back probably has experienced at some point in their career and they're capable of figuring out fairly quickly? Well, it is. It is. I think that is something that you can figure out fairly quickly. Um, you know, I've been running the Veer option since I was uh, in since I was 15 years old. Um, so, miss points are the same in any option you're running. Um, you know, you don't clamp down on the ball until you're sure. Um, you need to know your read so you know what Lamar is going to do before he even does it, uh, because you know it is a give point and it is a take point. So um, you just have to know that. And, and, and a good running back um, that's played in different systems of option or just the eye or whatever, uh, they will know that. So uh, it is something you have to get adjusted with. I don't care if it's a second-string quarterback coming in the game. Um, it's, it's different. Their handoff is different. How they place the ball is different. So it is something that they uh, will have to get acclimated to uh, just coming in. Uh, but I don't. I don't think that's a big concern. I do. I must say the group that they have here with Latavius and and Le'Veon and uh, and uh, Devontae Freeman. Uh, I I I want to say and put it on the record that that's not a bad group. Okay. And 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 they can do what they need to do. You got to think. You got to figure the, the the head of that offense is 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 um is your QB right. That's the head of that offense. That's who runs the shots there. That's the that's the bell cow of that offense, right? So everybody else is supporting cast. Sure. So, but these three guys are great supporting cast. If you got to hand it off to either one of them, um, and if I'm a defense and I'm scouting uh, this offense, 
I'm more I'm I'm more uh I, I'm more concerned with these running backs than I am the running backs that we just lost. Wow. I'm just mm-hmm. being honest. Wow. If if you so I mean look, nobody has been Lamar Jackson in the NFL before Lamar Jackson. We can say that outright. But what does he do for a running back as far as opening lanes with how much he stresses the defense horizontally and how much easier does that make the job of the people coming in? Oh, it's 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 great. When you know that you're not you don't have to be the guy. You don't have to carry the load. Um you know that Lamar is going to be all eyes are going to be on him because of how fast he is, um the offense, how they run everything or whatever. You know, it's going to be open. The lanes are going to be open because you have to protect downfield um, and you also have to leave space. So, therefore, that backside in or backside backer, he always has to hold because he never knows if Lamar is going to boot or run out the backside or whatever. You don't know if he's going to boot and go out the front side. So, therefore, that that you, you keep defenses. This offense, Lamar, keeps defenses on their toes and keep them in place because you can't rush upfield uh, because you'll run past him. And so you have to sit stagnant and figure out, hey, what are they going to do? So you can't just pin your ears back and just come at Lamar. Uh, so, therefore, as a running back, the lanes are open. So when you get it, you got to go because the lanes are going to be open. So, you know, you can make hay. And uh, that's exciting. And as a running back, and I think these guys, they, they, I'm sure on all their interviews, they love to come in and play with Lamar. By the way, Jamal, you're doing a hell of a job of making us not feel so bad this morning. You're doing a hell oh, no. of a job. With, of... That, with, that, with that group, dude, with that group that, that, that they brought here, <clears throat> and I didn't find out a lot of this till last night, uh, what all was going on, but with that group they had coming in, I, I, I see no, no, no worry at all. That's a great group. No, that's a great group of guys that was sitting at home that probably shouldn't have been sitting at home. You think you think this is better than the Terry Allen, Mo Williams, Jason Brookins combination, maybe? Oh, um, oh, yeah. oh, my, oh, yes, most, most definitely. <laughs> with no, with no disrespect to those three gentlemen, I want to make oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, hey, look, they came in and held it down, and we yep. thought we went to a playoff. Made it the, made it the playoffs, no doubt, no doubt. And by the way, on paper, I have no, I, I wouldn't possibly be able to disagree with you. And maybe that's the nature of the problem with the running back position these days, right? right. Like back in the day. Right. Running back was so valued that the guys that were on the street just they, they weren't they weren't guys that you were gonna want to have be the guys for the season. Whereas now there's been such disrespect of the running back position that there's guys literally sitting on the street that are that are capable NFL running backs. You are you are so correct, and you couldn't have said it better. It, it's guys that are sitting there that you know, like you said, with the running back position, it's like hey, we can get younger, um, we can get younger guys that we can get cheaper and they can do the same thing. Not really. Because in order to win a Super Bowl, you got to have a running game. So, uh, and, and, and that's what you got to have. So, you know, there's guys out there just sitting that, are, are, that, that can really help. But it's one of those things where, hey, they feel like you can find a running back anywhere, um, but it's not the case. He is Jamal Lewis, of course, Ravens legend. Jamal, let's get caught up in what you've been up to. I know you have been an advocate for mental health, and, and what you've done in that realm is so valuable, I can't even begin to put it into words. Um, what's your message to people? You've, you've been watching this summer with, like, Simone Biles and all of the nonsense that was thrown around after that, and Naomi Osaka and what she's been through and, and other athletes. I, look, heck, Emma Raducanu is going to play in the U.S. Open final and, and literally had to leave Wimbledon, like, you know, kind of dealing with stuff like this. What, what's your message to people that still aren't taking this seriously and don't believe that, like, mental health is health? 
Yeah, it's uh, you know, I think that it's a big issue, um, and it's something that really needs to be addressed. And a lot of people, and I'm happy that these celebrities and these uh, these sports, you know, um, these great great athletes are actually stepping up and speaking out about it because there's a lot of people dealing with mental health um, out here um, that that don't get the support. Uh, mental health is probably one of those organizations or one of those those pieces that don't get the the attention that it really needs. And I think that these athletes and uh, people are actually bringing this out and making people more comfortable uh, within their self in expressing how they feel mentally. And I think with what Nike has done, um, letting everybody off for um, the, the whole week or whatever mm-hmm. uh, in corporate uh, for a mental health day uh, break or whatever, um, a lot of companies are doing that. Um, and, you know, even with my company, the same thing, you know, I let, you know, some of my employees, you know, especially with COVID and everything that's going on and everything going on in the world, you know, and uncertainty, uh, it's, it's taking a toll on a lot of people. So being able to let people have that day or have that time, if you need it, take it, um, you know, whatever. So it's, it's one of those things where it needs to be addressed. I'm happy it's it's going on. Um, I just think there needs to be more around it. Uh, because people hide behind it and suicide is too late, you know, and, and the suicide rate is, is just up tremendously and, and nobody, you know, tends to talk about that. But um, just happy with everything that's going on and I just keep uh, doing my thing and, and, and making an awareness and everything else uh, around it. And, um, you know, just hope that everybody else does as well. And just, hey, if you have a problem, you have an issue, find somebody to talk to, Man, you know, and, and that's, that's one of the main things and one of the most simplest things you can do is talk to someone. I'm, I'm so grateful for you using your voice in that way, Jamal Lewis. I'm so grateful for that. It gives me chills hearing you say those things that are difficult. We think about you and being a punisher and like the height of manliness and being able to open up and say, yeah, I, I struggled. Like it's, it's real. It's, it's incredibly powerful. Um, Jamal, yeah. what else can we plug for you? It's of course at Jamal 31 Lewis on Twitter. What else can we get a plug in for you for it? Oh, uh, man, my company, Buyer Connected. I got a company called Buyer Connected. You know, we do uh, fixtures and installations for big box retail stores. But most of all, you know, we hire uh, a lot of inner city urban uh, urban folks from the urban community. And we also support, you know, reentry programs because uh, we want to provide better jobs and, and better ways of living uh, for uh, people that are coming out of incarceration to make sure that they don't go back and they have an opportunity to feed their family and, you know, make the money that they need to make in order to not put themselves in another bad position. So um, buyerconnected.com, that's my company. And, um, you know, we're doing great things, uh, working with Lowe's, working with Total Wine, which is a, a, a Baltimore, a Maryland company as well. Um, so just out here working, man, and making it happen. That's awesome, all. man. Jamal Lewis, we love talking to you, man. I, You know, you, you've given us so many thrills, and we're so grateful for everything. But today, you made a lot of people. I think you talked a lot of people off the ledge today. I, and maybe that's not a good joke to make after the conversation we just had. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think you put a lot of people at ease with what you had to say. Really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Let's talk again real soon, all right? Hey, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Jamal Lewis. I mean, look, I – by the way, today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797, C3America.com. I, I'm not going to join. We'll, we'll take the break after we talk. To, uh, I'm not going to join him in saying that I think that this group is. Sure, sure. 
you know, I, I can't join him there. I think that's a stretch. Agreed, but you know, when these guys were at their best, yeah, sure. I mean, like when Le'Veon Bell was at his best, he was one of the most dynamic running backs we've ever seen in the NFL. No but doubt. we just don't think that Le'Veon Bell is that guy. But the argument that these guys can get in there quickly and can be helpful, yeah, and that it might not be the end of the world. It might not be that he these guys the lanes are going to be there. Right. Like I'm this is why Latavius Murray to me I, I just can't can't help it. It seems like such a fit Latavius Murray. It doesn't guarantee anything. I'm not telling you he's ready to be a dynamic, you know, number 1 bag. He's going to be an all-pro or something like that this season, but it seems like something that would fit. It seems like the right thing to do. That's why I don't know how to say it. I don't know what the right wording is for how to say it. But I I like Latavius Murray. And I think that's I think that's a good signing. And I think the Ravens are in a good place because of it. And wouldn't you know, the next guy we're gonna talk to was teammates with Latavius Murray for a few years. Um just by the not not how we planned this. He's doing the Maryland game tomorrow night, so we're like we'd like to talk to him about that, but wouldn't you know it just worked out that way. Joining us now um, as we're into hour number two of Glenn Clark Radio, uh, he will be on the call for Maryland Howard tomorrow night on Big Ten Network, and I promise we're going to talk about that. Uh, but obviously some big news in Baltimore this week, and, and he can offer us uh, a little bit of insight about a new Baltimore Raven. He is a former Penn State and NFL quarterback, Matt McGloin, and he's with us here on GCR. Matt, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, no problem at all, guys. I'm actually... On the road right now, uh, you know, uh, headed down to, uh, you know, the Maryland facility here, getting ready to talk with some of the coaches and, uh, you know, some of the staff about the uh, the, the Howard-Maryland game tomorrow, man. Really excited about that. Really looking forward to uh, watching both teams play and, and, and getting a, a preview of what this Maryland you know, team looks like before they before they start to get into Big Ten play. No doubt. No, all right. I promise we're going to talk about that, Matt. But I, because the, the way things worked out the last couple of days, it just so happens to be that you know a new Raven pretty well, and you spent some years with him in Oakland. Um, can you? What can you tell us about Latavius Murray? What What is it that he brings to the table? What makes him special? What makes him unique? And what should Baltimore Ravens fans be feeling right now in the midst of? all of this injury drama about adding Latavius Murray into their group. Yeah, well, I think they should be excited about having him, you know, on their football team and, and in that, that running back room. I mean, this is a guy who is just as smart of a player as he is good of a running back. Right? He's going to understand what coaching staff wants out of him. He's going to go out there. He's going to be able to execute a game plan. He's going he's gonna to understand you know, protections um, and and calls. And, I mean, I mean, this guy, you know, for a big guy who runs as hard as Latavius does, you know, a downhill runner, man, he's quick. Uh, he can catch the football out of the backfield, man. And, uh, I mean, there's look, he's played for a long time for a reason. Um, you know, so I think this is a great addition for Baltimore. I think it's a steal for them as mm. well. Hmm. You know what's jumped out at me, Matt? It's like he's he's gotten to, to 30 years old, and he's at four and a half yards per carry the last couple of seasons. Like you could argue that he's been better. 
the last couple years than he was the years before that. That's not normally how this works for running backs. Is there? Are, are, are you surprised at all by that, or you, just knowing what you know of him, like you kind of thought that this was a guy that was going to be able to succeed for a decade in this league? Yeah, you know, I'm not surprised at all. Again, that he's been able to to play this long and do it at do it at this high of a level for this long. I mean, he was always someone who took the game um, extremely serious. Um, worked very hard every single day. You knew what you were getting out of Latavius every single day. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of players struggle with, right? They struggle with the consistency of the game and, and showing up every single day ready to get better, ready to compete. Um, you know, and, and he's obviously someone that, that hasn't had a problem doing that. And again, as you just mentioned, he's certainly changed the way that he's played over the years, man. So, again, I think – you know, I think it's a good fit for them. They're in Baltimore, and I think they should be be very lucky, very fortunate that uh, you know they picked up a player like him. All right, before we get to Maryland, could you just Matt? I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like. I'm sure on some team at some point in your football life, you went through something that was. The, the, the Baltimore Ravens have lost now four significant contributors before they've played a down this season in two running backs, Marcus Peters and LJ Ford, who is going to be starting inside linebacker. What is going through something like this do to a team? And how does any team anywhere like pick themselves up and just go play football, given everything that's going on? Yeah, well, you really don't have a choice, you know, at this point, other than to pick yourself and to continue to move on. And, uh, you know, the next man up mentality, that's a real thing, you know, and uh, right now they're searching, they're looking for somebody to, to assume a leadership role, um, you know, to fill that void that has been left, um, you know, and for me, what that's always been about for these guys that are second team, third string, whatever it may be, practice squad guys, it's how well prepared are you? What have you done over this course of this year or even the last year to prepare yourself for a moment like this? Because if you're not prepared in this moment now, presents itself to you that you don't have time to get ready you need to be ready you know this is what happens right now if you go out there and play well that's what happens when preparation meets opportunity so we're going to find out which which one of these guys has put themselves in this position mentally have you taken the mental reps have you done everything you can to perform well when you get into a game or into a situation where your team needs you so Again, you're going to find out pretty early on who, who, who's ready to go and who isn't. All right, he is Matt McGloin, Big Ten Network. He is on the call tomorrow night as Maryland hosts Howard. Matt, this is a Maryland team that uh, looked good in a small sample size a year ago, right? Obviously, I know it, it probably didn't uh, didn't make you feel any comfort that they went up and, and beat Penn State uh, last year on the road and, and looked really good doing it, and then they followed up with a – like legitimate quality victory to start the season against West Virginia. How much are you buying into what Mike Loxley is doing here to Leah Tungavailoa as a legitimate high-level Big Ten quarterback? And not maybe not trying to paint Maryland as like a threat to, to, to beat Ohio State or something like that, but as a, a viable team that can win games in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's tough to go back to 2020 and really say, well, this is what they did well, this is what they did bad you know it was just a tough year on everyone certainly consistency is something Maryland didn't have in 2020 there was a lot of good last year when you watch them play there's a lot of bad last year when you watch them play you know but to have kind of a full year here have the spring have the summer 
have the training camp, um, to have that full year for a guy like Talia Tungavailoa, I mean, that's huge. And you saw it in week one. You saw how much of – or how Dante Demas Jr., Rakim Jarrett, uh, you know, Tavon Fleet-Davis, you saw how all those guys were on the same page. You know, the timing was good. Um, I think if they're able to put it together and continue to put weeks together, then they become a very, very dangerous football team. Um, look, I think Tlietonga Vailoa is, you know, one of the best right-arm talents you're going to see, you know, in college football today. Um, he's certainly continuing to grow as a quarterback and get better. Um, but I think you can't, you can't really look at last year and be able to judge him off that. So, obviously, he played well week one. He performed well in week one. I think the mobility is a lot better than what people think. Um, you know, but as the weeks goes on, we're going to get a pretty good indication of where he is as a quarterback, where he is as a leader. Um, and then, you know, again, going back to consistency, that's, that's what separates the good players from, from the not-so-good ones is can you, can you do it every single week. So, look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching him play live tomorrow night and calling this game. Um, you know, I've definitely bought in, you know, to what Mike Loxley is selling. You know, we're in year three here. Um, you know, with him as the head coach of Maryland, um, you know, so this this is a dangerous football team. I really think so moving forward here in the Big Ten. You, you know, you bring up what we saw last week, and it's not just that it was Talia Tungavailo in the offense. This Maryland defense, which I, you know, I don't think had any expectations really coming into the season, they, they, you could argue they're the reason why they won the game, right? After, after giving up some points in the first yeah. half, they really locked things down, made game-changing plays in the second half. How impressed were you by Maryland's defense? I know tomorrow's probably not going to be a great barometer for what that means translating towards the Big Ten, but if, if what we saw in week one is a sign of what they're going to be capable of doing, how translatable is that to what they're going to do in the Big Ten? Yeah, you know, you're right. There certainly were some question marks here about, you know, about this team as a whole, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but I think you know, they were able to answer some of those questions in week one. I think having the addition or excuse me, not the addition, but having him back for another year. And, uh, you know, Sam Akuanu was huge for this lot, for this defensive line. Um, I think the way Brandon Jennings was able to play in week one, and now he'll probably fill that void there at the linebacker spot full time is big for this team. I think the strength and the experience of the secondary, you know, Tariq Still, Nick Cross. I mean, those are, those are some talented football no players doubt. in the secondary, man. So, you know, and again, I just talked about it earlier, the, to play complementary football, to put it all together. I mean, they're, for me, when you look at Maryland, like they're, they're, they're in the same category as like a Michigan State right now or, or, or a Rutgers and where they're going to, if they can continue to get better every single week, come October, come early November, I wouldn't want them on my schedule. Hmm. I mean, that's, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think that's what they're building towards. Matt McGloin, again, he will be on the call again uh, for Maryland as they take on Howard tomorrow night on Big Ten Network. Matt, this came in to me from a listener named Chris, and I, just because everybody, I, I'm sorry, everybody's obsessed with Latavius Murray today in Baltimore. It's just we got, a new, <laughs> we got a shiny new toy here. You know how this, it's Christmas morning. You woke up, there was a new toy. You had a depressing day yesterday. The parents were fighting. Today you got a new toy out of it. And, he, and this is a fair question from Chris, and I just wanted to pose. He says, um, you and Lamar, 
Matt and Lamar Jackson are very different quarterbacks. I think that's fair, right? I think we can say that that's true. You guys are Yeah, di- yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that, right. yeah. Sli- at least slightly different. <laughs> at least slightly different quarterbacks is I think what we could say. What does he think the fit will be specifically with the type of quarterback that Lamar Jackson is? Wow, yeah. I mean, no, it's definitely a great question because, look, anything about playing – quarterback wide receiver tight end running back especially is where you fit how do I fit into your offense how do I how can I get better you know and how can I help your team get better you know what can I do to contribute and I think having a guy like Latavius in there somebody with his experience somebody that's played a lot of football somebody that's played with Derek Carr somebody that's played with Drew Brees somebody that's played with these guys that really understand the game from from a from you know like their mentality is you know, understanding protections, understanding what to look for in defenses and how to pick up these protections. And I think that's one of the strong points of Latavius's game, understanding where blitzes are coming from, understanding what his assignments is in the pass game. I think he can help Lamar there really, you know, really, really well. And just being able to know, like having a quarterback and knowing that your running back knows what he's doing and you can trust him in the pass game. He mm-hmm. knows that he's got a cornerback coming or if he's got a safety coming, um, you know, knowing he's going to pick him up and knowing that he's going to know his assignments, right? I think he's going to be able to help Lamar out tremendously um, in, that, in, in that sense. It's a comfort thing. Yeah. You know, so I think Lamar Jackson is going to feel really, really comfortable uh, having Latavius in there on any down and distance. All right. Well, I like the sounds of that. Matt McGloin, uh, obviously the game tomorrow night. I, I, you, I, you become a, a podcaster now. What else is going on in your world? What can we plug for you? <laughs> That's awesome. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, you know. Uh, I do the it's called the Pater podcast right now with uh, my co-host Tom Hannafin. Um, you know we're five episodes in to our podcast, so it's relatively new. We talk a lot of Penn State football and talk a little bit about Big Ten football as well. You know, so uh, you know we just recently episode we just did a recap of Penn State's win versus Wisconsin. So you know if your team's playing Penn State that week. You know, it's a good podcast to listen to. If you want to learn more about Penn State football, take a listen to it. Um, again, we talk a little bit about the Big Ten as well. So if you're a fan of the Big Ten, tune in, man. It's a, you know, uh, it's a good listen. And obviously that Maryland-Penn State game in, uh, coming up in November, we're hoping, we're hoping is going to be a pretty big one. And Penn State got a nice win last week too, obviously. So uh, things looking good there. Uh, Matt McGloin on Twitter, it is at McGloin QB11, correct? I think so, yeah. All right, give him a – we're pretty sure that's the case, so give him a follow Perfect, there. Perfect, yeah. Matt, really appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm sorry it wasn't more Maryland. I, I know that's the game you're doing. It's just, you know, the, the way the world works, and, and we've had a crazy 24 hours here in Baltimore. But I, as it turns out, invaluable what you could offer us to let us know about uh, a new Baltimore Raven, too. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Looking hey. forward to seeing you tomorrow night. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Matt McGloin checking in with us here on GCR. Uh, again, we'll be on the call tomorrow night, but um, just kind of unique how that worked out. We had booked that a few days ago for Matt McGloin to come on with us this morning to talk about the Maryland game. And, gee, howdy, wouldn't you know, yeah, right. he was in Oakland. And, in fact, I want to say that their time together was literally the exact same years. Latavius Murray was Oakland from 2013 to 2016, and I'm almost certain that Matt McGloin was the exact same years that he was yeah. in Oakland. And I have Latavius a feeling Murray. that a lot of the question about Lamar and him and Latavius was probably directed less about the blocking and experience yeah, way more, more about, about the, the running style. But right. from what we know of Latavius Murray, this is 
the kind of runner he is. The contrast between he and Alvin Kamara, Kamara is the shifty, breathtaking playmaker, will find yards where there aren't any. I think a lot of people have, in the the national landscape, have portrayed Latavius Murray as Gus Edwards. He's the downhill runner. Correct. He's going to hit the hole the moment he sees it and hit it hard. And so for the style of all of this, I mean, it seems to be a very good fit. I mean, the blocking and all that is a bonus. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and Latavius uh, Murray catches the football. It's not he as does. if he. It's again. I'm not going to oversell that. He's not. Well, anybody in the Saints' offense better. <laughs> Correct. Right. Like, like they utilize running backs out of the backfield better than anybody in football. One hundred percent. That experience has to be worth something. It's and I and I again. I want to be careful about that. He's not at. He's not averaging like even more he had than two. twenty plus catches last year. But and like two hundred receiving yards. That's not. That's, that's in not an even. But that's not even two catches. But that's not even back. two catches per game, but right? They I don't. Use I'm just one saying, of their running backs specifically I, for that. I get that. I just he can catch the football. He's not a nothing mm-hmm. in that department. All right, a uh, lot going on today. Obviously, today's show has also been brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. We will be getting back into the Tyus Bowser show. That's a promise. We are. We will be making an announcement about the makeup date. For the uh, Mother's Peninsula Grill show down in Arnold, that is coming. We know we're going to be at City Line Bar and Grill on September 28th with Tyus Bowser. You can go right now to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser to find out more, great8smemorabilia.com with the number 8 in order to find out more about that and all of the other many great events. I know for pro wrestling fans, Baltimore Celeb Fest 2 is coming up. The Briscoes are going to be there. A lot of other professional wrestling stars will be there. Get to great8smemorabilia.com right now in order to find out more. When we come back in, um, we are going to detour a little bit. Just spend a couple of minutes. Uh, tomorrow's the 20th anniversary of 9-11, of course, and Navy and Air Force are playing each other. Brad Nestler is going to join us before he calls that one. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. It's back to school time, and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. That's like a free ride until 2023. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the fresh food fest, beer, wine, and spirits showcase, and so much more. Come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, October 14th through 17th. Buy your tickets now at MarylandFiveStar.us with the number five. I love you more than self-imposes. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash and Ravens prizes. I love you more than snowballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven scratch-offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. This is Glenbarradio.com. Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR. I uh, was joking with Ken Zalis yesterday. Apologies that the advice that was given out on the Press Box Fantasy Football Show... Some of it expired within hours, of course, because, you know, Gus Edwards went down and things changed. Yeah, KZ did encourage me that if I have to drop one of the group of Bell, Freeman, and Murray that I'm hoarding in one of my leagues. He said Freeman, he thinks, is the guy to drop among that group. Um, so just keep that in mind. We do the Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m., with Ken Zalis. You can join us, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash radio. It's all brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation, as well as CCBC and Glory Days Grill. Appreciate them being part of the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show each and every Thursday morning. Let's switch gears now. Um, a big day tomorrow in Annapolis, obviously, as we, of course, know tomorrow, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And uh, to mark that date, a meeting between Navy and Air Force, a uh, Commander-in-Chief Trophy Series game, two academies, and obviously a lot of recognition of um, this date and and its its relevance in American history and um, really cool that CBS is going to be broadcasting the game nationally on their main network tomorrow, and that means their top team. You see them doing SEC games. Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson, they're going to be in town. Joining us now to tell us more about it, he is, of course, Mr. Brad Nessler, the voice of college football on CBS, and he's with us here on GCR. Brad, it's Glenn and Kyle. It is always good to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, Glenn. Good to be with you, man. I'm really looking forward to, to this game. You know, we we end the season with Army and Navy, and uh, that's a huge game for me, one of my favorite games that I do all year, even though, you know, we do some pretty big games yeah. in SEC. But uh, just the emotion around everything and, and uh, you know, kind of to start our season and end our season with a CIC game uh, is pretty cool. So can, let's talk about, can we, can, Brad, you know, you obviously mentioned you've done plenty of service academy games, of course, because you do Army-Navy every year. This is clearly unique as this tomorrow is a football game. 
that is also, uh, I don't know how to, what the word is, because I don't know that celebration is correct. It's remembrance. How do you guys go about handling this on the broadcast tomorrow, the, the football game versus what it is that we know is the reason why we're doing this here? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to handle it. First of all, I, I'm kind of an emotional guy uh, when I do Army and Navy, so this is going to be even more so. Um, you know, our pregame show, Adam and the guys, Rick and BJ, I think probably will have so much special meaning uh, in the you know half an hour before we kick off that I, I don't I don't really know how I'm going to feel. I'll be honest with you mm-hmm. because you know when when you have the uh, the march ons and everything for Army Navy, and I know they're going to do kind of the same thing with with Navy tomorrow with the brigade and all of that, and then the flyover. And you know we talked with with Ken about it, Coach Niamatolo, and and. You know, I think the coaches know more about this. The kids, you know, 20 years ago, some of these guys weren't born. Right. So they were babies. Uh, but, you know, their parents and, and just growing up and learning, uh, you know, what the last 20 years has been and don't ever forget and all of that. So, you know, guys like you and I, um, it, it will have a, an immense meaning. I think the players know the significance because when you join an academy, there's just a special kind of guy that you are, guy or girl uh, that you are, you know, and these guys. They, they learn about it. They talk to their parents about it. Some of their, some of their folks are friends, you know, lost people, 9-11 in the towers or in Pennsylvania or the Pentagon. So it, it's kind of built into these kids, and you know it has a meaning for them, and, and they have a hard time, I think, explaining it to us. And, and, in, and likewise, I have a hard time explaining how I'm going to feel. You know, mm-hmm. it's just uh, once, once we get into football, that'll be good. But I know the beginning's going to be hard, to be honest with you. By the way, Brad, what you're talking about with your emotions, I – Every time I've been, you know, I, when I see the the walk on, I it's hard for me to not get choked up, right? Like it's hard for me to not think about the, and I, you know, I have a great relationship with everybody down there, and it's incredible to me. But like the, just the overwhelming magnitude of of that that thing that we always talk about that all of these players on this football field are willing to die for you. Like I, yeah. it is really difficult to not to not. I can't imagine how you handle it on a broadcast because it is. You know, tough. I, uh, the first time I did Army Navy, everybody calling me and, and saying, hey, what's it gonna, uh, you know, what does this mean to you? And I said, I don't know, because I haven't done it, you know. So I called Vern Lundquist, and I, I said, Vern, everybody's asking me, what's it going to feel like, or what does it mean? And I said, I don't know. And he said, you'll know when you do one. Yeah. And so, you know, the first time I did it, um, plus, you know, the, the people that put together the Arteezes and everything, especially for the, the, uh, that game, Army-Navy, you know, I can only watch it once in our rehearsal, and mm. I'll tell Craig Silver. I said, "You show it to me once, don't show it to me again," because I sit there and I want to cry. Mm-hmm. You know, and my wife, my wife loves Army Navy game, but she sits and she, her eyes don't recover until like two days later because she just sobs through the first two minutes. You know, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> you know when you do the games, um, it's amazing because you can't wait for the football part to start, and so you can just settle in and, and do football, but. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. All right, we're going to talk football. I promise. Uh, Brad Nessler is with us, of course, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Navy Air Force on CBS. Um, Brad, if I could, can you take me? Do you remember what the first game was that you did after nine eleven? Wow, that is a great question. Um, I just remember where I was. I was in the gym in my house. Had read the morning paper, but you know I wasn't paying attention. I went down and I was starting to work out, and they turned on the TV and. Peter Jennings was on and, and I go, Oh my God, what's going on? You know? I, and then, you know, I told my wife and, and then everybody, you know, remembers everything they've seen and, and all of that. But, um, and then I remember 
thinking we can't have football this week. There's right. Just, you just you have to stop. It's like when President Kennedy was shot, you know, it's like, hey, we can't have football, right? And uh, you know, I was working with Bob Greasy and Lynn Swan at the time, so I'd call both those guys and I go, dude, we're not we're not playing football this week and they go, I don't think so. And that's a good question. I don't know what the one was after that. I, I don't even remember the one that got canceled. But, so, um, so my 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 produ- my sidekick Kyle Otten, just pulled up the 2001 college football uh, broadcast schedule for the season. It was a Florida State game. Do you, is that does that come to mind at all? That and, sounds that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Do do you, can you take for Florida State North Carolina on September 22nd? Okay, so wow. can can you take people through? Um, just how difficult when, what you're talking about we can't play football right now and there was a lot of those emotions like when is it appropriate to play again right. right and we had never dealt with you know it had been since the kennedy assassination that we had had conversations like this in this country right um can you take us through what it was like in in that time that week like trying to prepare for a football game knowing there were you know the overwhelming majority of the country was not at a place where like they wanted to think about football or wanted to, you know, like, can you take me through what those feelings were like? I think I remember, you know, doing an open probably and and at some point saying that this this seems so non-essential that we're mm-hmm. talking about football when, you know, we lost 3,000 of our friends and loved ones or whatever. Um, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, uh, you know, there's been, I don't know, last year uh, during the, NCAA tournament the first game I was supposed to do there was a shooting you know at uh I was doing a team from like Colorado or something there was a shooting at a grocery store oh yeah Uh knucklehead killed nine people you know and it it was a half an hour before we went on the air and so instead of just saying hey welcome to the final four you know the March Madness I had to deal with that you know and I remember another time during the Iraq war I had to send it from a basketball game to, uh, you know, the news people and stuff in New York. And I'm like, I it's, um, it, I said to my wife, I said, really, it's so damn hard to try to come out of something that means so much. And then you see a game and the game means so much to people, but it's just a game. Right. You know? Right. And so I don't know, you, you just deal with it, you kind of roll with the punches, but you can't wait for the, the actual football to start. So you can kind of put the other stuff at least compartmentalize it a little bit and put it to the side. I remember how much we talked about like the importance of sports and like healing for the country and all that. And I, I don't I yep. don't even know, Brad, that I like disagree that it, it played a role somehow, right? Like I'm I, I, it's just oh in the moment it felt so insignificant. It just felt so you know, trivial to be going through that type of stuff at the moment. I, I, there was never a correct answer to it. But you know, it was like it was guys, it was like last year, you know, going through uh, you know, the whole COVID and sure. quarantine situation and all that. The first time we were in a stadium, even though it was, uh, you know, 20% full and we were, Gary and I are six feet apart and my stat guys, another six feet <laughs> apart or in a different booth, whatever. And just to hear like our theme music come on. And I was like, that's <laughs> just like music to my ears, man. Just <laughs> this last year and a half has sucked, you know, and just to have football, um, you know, last year when we started and now to be back to, kind of full blast even though we got problems anyway but uh yeah it's i think people need to remember you know i don't care if you're a better or you're a huge fan or whatever you are it's there's still games 
No question. No question. That's a great, uh, it's well said. And, and by the way, the, the, the SEC on CBS music, uh, uh, it's music to uh, a lot of people's ears. Um, yeah. <laughs> no matter what the, the circumstances are, it's good to have it back. All right, from a football perspective, uh, uh, Brad Nessler tomorrow. This is a, I have, I, Kenny Amatololo is one of my favorite human beings on the face of the planet. He's a regular yep. with us. I, he is one of the most underappreciated coaches in the history of college football for what he's done. But obviously... A year ago, it was very difficult, and the opener was extraordinarily difficult. This is not yep. going to be easy. Um, what have the conversations been like this week? Have you gotten a sense of whether or not they believe this is something they can fix this quickly? I hope they can, and he hopes they can. You know, talking to Kenny a couple of days ago, uh, or yesterday, I guess it was. You know, he's um, he thinks he's got a better football team than what he showed last week. I mean, you just. You know their their recipe for success is ball control, time of possession, run the heck out of it. You know, and all of that. And they they did all those things. You know, they rush for 350 yards almost, and they keep the ball for 41 minutes. But geez, they just self imploded. You know, when they got in the red zone. So if they make any of those red zone things worth points, and then don't get a field goal blocked and a punt blocked because that's a, that's a recipe for disaster yeah. right there too. So some of the things they did were good. And I think there's bright spots that they can, they can look at and say, we did this right, but they had just as many things where they went, you know, we did those wrong. If they fix the wrongs, uh, they'll look a heck of a lot better than they did last week. I, I, I hope they do anyway. No, I mean, I'd like to hope so too. There's no doubt about that. And I've, I've, I've learned enough over the years. You know, a year ago, they looked like a disaster in the opener against BYU, and then they turned around, went on the road, and won against Tulane the following week, right? Like, right. I've learned enough to know that you never count out a Ken Niamatololo football team. No, I mean, you know, I the quarterback situation is not what it's been, you know, when they were winning – Right, nine, ten, eleven games, you know, and, and that's not a not a wrap on Xavier or Ty, but they're not, you know, Malcolm Perry or whoever. Uh, they're just not the same kind of guys, and that's where it all starts. And you know, both guys did some good things last week, and both guys did some not so good things last week. So, um, you know, they're still working on, I think, trying to get the triple in option. You know, they mm-hmm. couldn't do that last year to save their soul, and now. You know, they're trying. They got it to the edge a few times, you know, last week with AC and, and Chance Warren and stuff. So, um, but it all starts with the guy that's taking every snap. And if they play well, whoever that is, I think it's going to be Xavier. I don't think Ty's going to play, but whatever. Um, they'll be okay. But, you know, they got a really good football team they're playing, too. And uh, Air Force kind of, I don't know, I, I, I'm kind of unknown with them because they got so many uh, turnbacks from. Right years ago, you know, they got some really good football players that played last year. Yep, their quarterback, their tight end, uh, their fullbacks a stud, you know, and so that's their nucleus on offense. But on defense, it's kind of a question mark because so many guys didn't play last year, and, and now they're back, but they played the year before. So actually, they're returning starters if you skip a whole season. So uh, I don't know. I think it'll. I think it'd be a good football game, and I think it'll be close, actually. You know, you say that. I saw this note yesterday. I don't know if you saw this from uh, Chris Fallick, a bear from College Game Day. He said, underdogs are 12-2 and against the spread with eight outright wins in the last 14 CIC trophy games. Really? So Yeah, right? That was pretty fascinating, wasn't it? I well, I, I can't even use that, though. Right. It's a different network. <laughs> <Right>. but, <laughs> well, I mean, but thanks for the info. <laughs> I guess you could you could find a different way of cleverly sure. saying I could twist, I could twist anything. You just give me time. Time, you 
<laughs> Brad, you know, you're not going to remember this. You were doing a Thursday night football game in Baltimore once. We had you on uh, earlier in the day, and I said, Brad, tonight at some point I'm going to guess that you and Mayock are going to look at each other and you're going to have a conversation about Joe Flacco being elite. And I'm not going to request that you say my name when you bring <laughs> it up. But, like, you know, if, if you could just mention, and you did that night on NFL Network say, I was on earlier today with uh, Glenn Clark, and he said, I think there's going to be a point of the game where you're going to look at each other, and you're going to have this conversation. And sure enough, it played out that way, and the entire city said, man, you pulled it off. I said, I, I love Brad Nessler. I, That's I my try guy. to sneak it in for you, Glenn. You know, I try to sneak stuff in for you're you. You're a hero. Brad Nessler, uh, it's going to be a special day. I know it's going to be an emotional day, a tough day for a lot of people, but it's going to be a special day. Uh, tomorrow again 3:30 CBS as uh, Navy hosts Air Force. Truly appreciate you taking some time for us as always this morning, sir. Uh, enjoy the day down in Annapolis. You got it, buddy. Have a great weekend, Glenn. Brad Nessler checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that uh, as always. And um, yeah, it's going to be you know you can only imagine how emotional a day it's going to be for a lot of people uh, tomorrow with the Navy and Air Force getting together. Maybe we should have picked Navy to cover, huh? After I saw that note, right? Like, jeez, underdogs 12-2 and two against the spread. We all picked eight. Tampa last we, night. We all did, and we're all wrong, so everything's fine. <laughs> means nothing that we all missed that game. Uh, by the way, is there anything more automatic than yeah. <laughs> Dallas scores? With, us. Like, no, uh, I, yeah, no I mean, Brady, I yes, mean, of course. I don't know what they are. How, how is every thought in your mind not, we cannot, what, whatever... Kicking a field goal with a minute and a half left is a loss. We must, must take all the time off the clock. What would you have done with 54 seconds? Would you? I think I would have taken the runoff and kept the timeout. I got to think about that more. I mean, I know they didn't. They yeah. did the opposite. Yeah, well, it worked out okay. Now they got away with the push-off, obviously. Right. In the, um, 44 is still a lot of time. Yeah, it is. It's still a lot of time with special Tom Brady right. as your quarterback. And to have the whole field open at that point. Ironically, who is 44? Yeah, uh, yeah I probably would, too. I probably would, too. I think you're right. Um, a little bit of a mixed bag, by the way, from your boy C.D. Lamb, who made some nice plays last night. and then like He's incredibly talented. There's I'm no not saying he's that. not talented. but it, but he also had some big drops. No, and the one over the middle was a It was a really tough catch. It was a tough catch. It's a tough catch, but it's a – You to make it, yes. And not even a high-level NFL wide receiver has to make that. An NFL wide receiver has to make sure. that catch. Like, you have to make that catch. Um, it, it didn't happen last night. And obviously, he did some good – he did some really good things during the course of the game. But, um, you know, the couple that, that stand out. Uh, today's show. Speaking of uh, that game last night, were you playing anything in underdog fantasy football yeah, last night? I was. Yeah, how'd it go? Well, when I thought about it more after I had put the the ticket in, yeah, it was essentially I thought what was going to do me was that Tom Brady was going to get a sneak for a yard, right. at some point, and he'll have one yard, but then the victory formation would take it away. Okay, I expected that to be how I was wrong. Realistically, it was just that they Tom just Brady never, didn't run the football right, ever correct. or need to. And so so, what, that was so how it explain went. to people what There's you... There's a way you can do various... It's a parlay of sorts. You don't have to do it. It has to be at least two different prop player prop mm-hmm. bets that you choose. Um, depending on how many you choose, it results in different escalators for the amount of payout that you get, whether yep. it be you know two to one, three to one, five to one, six to one, et cetera. I did three different player prop bets, one of which being Tom Brady over 0.5 rushing yards, that one did not pay off. I could get the other two on Sunday correct, and, and it will were, not matter. you were but feeling pretty good about it 
when, I mean, when you, a, we were talking it's about an it enticing after the show. prospect. I, it's one yard. That's right. all it's got. He's just got the best fall. quarterback sneaker of all no time. No question. Unquestionably. One third down, third and one. I said, mm, maybe this is going to be it. And then they got the first down on that. But if it had been fourth and one, I'm pretty confident they would have probably run with Tom Brady. But, you know, alas. Wasn't meant to be. Only $5, and I still have still 20 left from and the... So let's, uh, and let's yeah. talk about that, because that's the important part. Right now, Pressbox has partnered up with Underdog Fantasy Football, and as disappointed as we all are that we don't have sports betting, and we thought we were going to have it come football season here in the state of Maryland, tick, 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 tick. I feel like Marlo right now with that clock. Um, it's coming, but until then, you want to put some bets in for football season. And you can with underdog fantasy football. You can do exactly what Kyle did uh, last night, which that one's not going to work out for him. Did you put others in? Uh, I did not, but I mean, I have until I. So reach... that was the only bet you made for this week so far. Like, well, I imagine I still could for the Sunday slate. Absolutely could know. for the Sunday so slate. So I have 100%. not, but at this point, I've got, what is it, five chances? Yep. To bet $5, and it's not even the money that I deposited so that's, to win that's 30 the, So you that's, know? The, that's the important part, right? So I, too, signed up. I haven't made any bets, bets yet, but I did sign up yesterday. I put my $10 in. Here's what you need to do. You need to go to pressboxonline.com slash fantasy. Pressboxonline.com slash fantasy. And the first thing you're going to see is going to be an underdog fantasy football logo. You're going to click that, and by doing it, it's going to give you a promo that when you deposit $10 you get $25 for free. May I repeat? Pressboxonline.com slash fantasy. Click on the underdog fantasy football logo. Deposit $10. You get $25 for free. And then use that money to have some fun this weekend. And you're not even spending your own money. Cal hasn't even spent his own money yet. He spent Pressbox's money. That's, that's the beauty of it. If he had won, he might never spend his own money. Still might. Might still, 100%. Might never spend his own money. Might only ever spend Pressbox and Underdog's money in order to do this. Uh, Ken Zalis has been a proponent, and you know KZ plays every single one of these, you know, the, all, even all the fly-by-night companies that came along. He played all of them because he's, you know, he's obsessed. He's got a problem. And he has been telling us for months, this is the one. Underdog is the one. It's the people to work with. It's the people you trust. You get your payout, the whole deal. Do it with Underdog. And we worked with them, and we got this partnership going, and we're really excited about it. And I'm excited to play a little bit this weekend. Um, I get to this part of the – thank God I didn't put tennis bets in last night because I would have bet both. You know what I might do? Yeah. Put like a $2 ticket in Okay. for the two other plays I had on Sunday. Oh, sure. Just see if you can recoup. The money you know, that I lost yeah, right. kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's a smart play. Yeah. I think that's a smart play. I would do that for sure if I were you. Um, but this is a fun way to, to go about trying to win some money uh, in football season. Underdog Fantasy Football, again, put in $10. And as long as you go through PressBoxOnline.com slash fantasy, I believe you can also use the code PRESSBOX if you just go through Underdog Fantasy Football. But if that doesn't work, telling you just go to pressboxonline.com slash fantasy click on the logo and you're in to play underdog fantasy football we are excited about that um all right how many breaks do we still have left two two so here's what we're gonna do we'll take a break now we'll come back in let's go ahead and do tidbit and tubular then we'll grab a break and then we'll talk to kurt warner all right, all right? 
Very good. Kyle in the Kitchen. We're pushing up next week. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about Kyle in the Kitchen. That's my fault. Do you, uh, I you, mean, I've, I've got some game, held up. You did the game day Look, nine. the nachos are tasty. It's more of a throw together when you have ingredients but on But the point hand. was to do it for football season. That I was get the it. idea. We they just were, didn't, know that, we didn't know that all these Ravens players were going to get hurt today. Again, I'm, I won't up. be. I also made some. Uh, I've got a lot saved you did, the cor- did you do I the corn dog, corn dog chicken tenders this week. Is there one you really want to do today? I don't need to. I'm like, I've got to Also, how quickly do you need to get out of here today is the other question here. Yeah. So it kind of it does kind of depend. I have on a dentist right? appointment. What time? Later. Well, do you tell me? What yeah. you, you, I'm allowing you to make. A, I'm giving this to you. You make the call. All right, we'll figure it out in the break. <laughs> Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. It's brought to you by Express Exterior Design, Great Eights Memorabilia, and Pressbox. It's back to school time, and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. That's like a free ride until 2023. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens legends, cheerleaders, Baltimore's marching Ravens, playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. I love driving my tractor trailer, and just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition 
as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR. It is a Friday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort or perhaps convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or even sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Executive decision was made. We got an executive chef. It's time for Kyle in the Kitchen. Kyle in the Kitchen is taped in front of a live studio audience. So, oh, I, I should probably give this a sponsor. Yeah, I should probably do that. That's a good call. Uh, Kyle in the Kitchen is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. I have been teasing the deli nachos now for a couple weeks. It was more of a spur of the moment. I have ingredients on hand. I need to make some lunch sort of decision, and it was a pretty tasty one, if I may say so. This was myself. a lunch call. Oh, yeah. I was okay. just got home after straw. I was like, I'm hungry. I don't really want to make anything too serious. So. All right. What I had on hand, the ingredients that you will need, mm-hmm. um, look, I will say out... Out, outright, I am a proponent of pita chips over tortilla chips for nachos. I have no issue with this. I, I like qualm. a firmer hold. They es- don't get especially soggy. if there's a baking involved. Sure. Like I, I have, I like this. They don't get soggy. The square holds the ingredients better, and you're more easily making sure that the ingredients are all contained on the nachos themselves. Mm-hmm. So they are all fully loaded. If anyone watches, I think you should leave. You, everyone knows you can't. One person it's, cannot eat all the fully loaded nachos. It's a fact, yeah. It's a rule. It's many restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spread out, I think it was 15 pita chips. These are delicious Aldi pita chips. They deserve a shout out. They're great. Spread out 15 pita chips on the little mini bacon tray that I put in my toaster oven. It was exactly 15. That was five, five, five. It oh, fit okay, on the gotcha, thing. Gotcha, it right. had to all be flat, so it couldn't have right, them, right, you know. Right, yeah. Otherwise, the ingredients are going to fall off. That's the eternal nacho problem. So. 15 laid flat, touching, mind you, each edge-to-edge touching because you don't want any cheese to fall on the the baking sheet. It makes it easier to pull them apart and all that good stuff. Now, when they're all laid out there, I took individual pinches, healthy pinches, of cheddar cheese and put them on top of each respective pita chip. Yep, sure. Fully loaded nacho. you got to get it fully loaded. It's quite the effort to do the individual pinches instead of just, well, most people would prefer to just layer cheese over top the entire. Again, I want it to be nice and contained. It's effort. So I had some delicious baked, or I guess diced red onion. I like to dice it nice and thin for those who aren't aware. The way I do that is to do two horizontal slices on the onion if you're going like at it, attacking it like that, and then probably like six or seven diagonal around okay. it, and then thinly chopping it from there. So I like to keep some of that on hand. Threw some of that on there. I had a nice heirloom tomato from a farmer's market. I diced that up a bit, threw that on there. I then ch- chopped up some salami. Salami's delicious. I nice do enjoy nachos, you I know? do enjoy salami. It was probably two pieces of salami that were diced up in little strips and stuff like that. Okay. You don't need too much, really. Okay. They're, they're, like, they're like bigger... Like that size pieces. I'm assuming this wasn't the only deli meat on the It was the only deli meat. It was the only deli meat. Yes. Okay. It had a nice fatty content to it. You know, it's not too, it's, it was good. It was good. I then added dollops 
this is not necessarily a deli, but it is fixed with the ingredients, a dollop of barbecue sauce okay. on each nacho. There's nothing wrong with that. I then threw those. Actually, then the last thing I added, pickled agallo. You might not have this on hand. You could probably just use diced dill pickles if I, you had to. I, I, you're speaking my love language now. So I added some pickled agallo on there. And each respective, made sure each nacho had all of the ingredients because I want to get the flavorful and the combination of all the flavors. And then I threw them in the toaster on toast at about 450 for, I would say, six to eight minutes. Okay. Pulled them out, took the foil off, put it on the plate, kept it all contained, you know, Mm -hmm. and pulled them apart. So I have a couple of thoughts here. Okay. Um, I, I like it. I feel like it requires another another deli meat i hear you i, feel well, I didn't like have another deli meat i understand that i, I said this is the ingredients it's that a I have. bit of a struggle meal is kind of what you're saying right not really like, actually it's it not quite struggle delicious. but but it's uh, and I'm a, I'm a big proponent of salami but you didn't pr- I, I don't nobody's arguing about salami In fact, but i think that salami could be the top seed of deli meats to eat plain out of the fridge to eat plain out of the fridge. Um, I well i mean i guess roast beef of, would be the only one that i would maybe put over it it also, I need to know what kind of salami. Are we talking about like a capicola? Are we talking about just like I, if it's a plain, flavorless lunch meat salami? No, 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 God no. What are we talking about? It's like a cured right salami. That was I it like get. a, but it was like a pepper salami. Was it a? Well, no salami is flavorless. I, I think I'm going to brush I, back at that concept. Flavorless. We it's can, porky can, and fatty and delicious. I, that part, it's like yes. Bacon, I'm talking about was there a, is there an additional? This is playing the role that bacon might play. In I, nachos. I understand the concept, but I particularly, if I'm going to go the nacho route, mm-hmm. especially as a meal, the first thought would be, well, well, put yourself some chicken on there, get yourself some nice chicken strips to go with that, and then bacon on top of that, because of course bacon is a condiment, I hear right? You. It's, Look, it's if not, you have it, go for it. That's that. My first thought would be, I would want another meat. In there, in order to to dress it up a little bit, would be my thought process. Um, the pickle de gallo, of course. I mean, it's a ten and a half. That's wonderful. And the notion of replacing, we gotta have an adult conversation about what sour cream is, what it does, where it's appropriate, when it's well, hot appropriate. Hot sauce is the all best notching topo for Mexican nachos. Hot sauce is a, a wonderful top. The sour and then cream. The guac, of course, we are obsessed with sour cream. We have a it's national a, it obsession. It breaks up the spice of certain things, and, and, it's and that's useful. fine. But it ends up being too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. We just, well, just get out silly, of control. It's a, it's a, execution is lazy when you just put a giant dollop and, on the top and of it. It's what we do. It's who we are as a people. We are a lazy. And I agree. People. It's lazy with guacamole as well. It can be absolutely it can be lazy with guacamole as well. I am in favor of barbecue sauce as a nacho topping. I think that I'm in favor of barbecue sauce in most situations. And you know it's, I'm not the biggest barbecue sauce proponent. Which is insane because barbecue sauce is But perfection. I do think it complements certain flavors well. Cheddar cheese, the pickles, the salami. I think it's That's a nice addition to that equation. 1,000%. How many Ottenheimers? I would give it 85. 85 Ottenheimers for the deli nachos. We'll get them up uh, at Glenn Clark Radio. A picture and the index card on Twitter a little bit later on today. That was Kyle in the Kitchen. Kyle in the Kitchen also brought to you today by Project Game Day, which returns this Monday night. I'll be with you at halftime. It'll be myself and KZ post-game. And John from Little Rock, it was Genoa Salami for what it's worth. Genoa Salami. Thank yes. you. Um, uh, I'll be myself and KZ post-game. We'll be with you Facebook.com slash Sports. The post-game show also uh, PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. It is all brought to you 
by our friends at Window Nation and Glory Days Grill. Looking forward to Project Game Day being back this Monday evening. Let's go ahead and take the final break. We'll come back in. Tidbit, Tubular, Kurt Warner. That's what we're doing. Glenn Clark Radio. You sprung that on me. Ah, I got okay. it. Party with the Flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens Legends, Cheerleaders, Baltimore's Marching Ravens, Playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their Very Berry Salad and Smoky Thigh Wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po'boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and Smoky Thigh Wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash Sports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show. Every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. This is Glenn Nothing but net. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Apologies, I have not responded to anybody today. I have been terrible on the, the tweeters and the Facebook comments, and I know it's been a busy day. Um, Paul, if all this adversity somehow is able to uh, use to galvanize the Ravens and they scratch and claw their way into the playoffs, just give all the NFL awards to them. MVP to Lamar, coach John Harbaugh, executive to Eric DeCosta. Like, they'll frankly, truly earned it all. I don't think. I think I still expect them to yes, be a I, playoff I'm team. Not, this, the playoffs does yeah. not. The, none of this changes my belief that this is a playoff team. Now I get it. The argument is the AFC is very deep. There's a lot of good sure. quality candidates to get a playoff spot in the AFC. 
But none of this alone makes me think that they are. it's an uphill battle for them to get into the playoffs. It would be an extraordinarily uphill battle for them to get to the Super Bowl, given everything, because they were already facing an uphill battle before all of this happened. But this doesn't change. Like, I don't move the goalpost now that it would be remarkable to get to the playoffs. I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, from I'm sorry, I'm going back trying to get to all this. John from Little Rock. I'm less worried about the running back situation based on their track record to plug and play at the position with success. Gus was just a guy before he was Gus the starter. Right? And that's a better argument for why Tyson Williams might be something, right? Like, might be capable. I, I don't actually think that the... Well, that's not... Justin Forsett is a great example of somebody that was just a guy that mm-hmm. came in and was quite productive. But none of these guys are really just a guy. These are guys that were all quality NFL running backs who just appear to be on the downside of their career. But the point is, you only need them to be good for I a year. I thought say Tyson Williams still doesn't have the highest ceiling of any of these guys, right? Like I don't know what the highest ceiling, ceiling as far as could any of these guys af- like stake claim to being quote unquote special running backs. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I I think it's so unlikely I'm with Tyson Williams it's likely, that it's like, that it's not even really worthy of. But you get what I'm saying, like, right? I, I, like Chris I guess Carson what I would was say a seventh is, round pick, and he's. I don't good, know. It's you know? impossible if Latavius Murray had been getting primary snaps the last couple of years. Somebody might not have said he's pretty. This special, isn't all right? that different to the James Robinson situation last year. Um, maybe except they, a lot of people were. I guess they were saying he's going to be the starter. We're, we know that correct, and that like there were a lot of people that were. It was like, why in the after this guy go undrafted? Like Ken Zalas was was all over. James I am Robinson, not saying I'm putting my money on Tyson Williams even being the leading running back in this backfield, but I do think he will have a chance on Monday night to prove he deserves to be. I, I, I think. That's I'm still not. By the way, John Harbaugh has met with the media today. I guess I should point that out too before I go any further. Um, Nick Boyle is going to go on short time IR. We were just talking during the break about whether or not that could have something to do with the roster manipulation, maybe, or it could be that they were being too optimistic. It could be a lot of things, but Nick Boyle is going to short term short term IR. So that's a bummer. Um, he wasn't going to play Monday anyway. It just extends that it's going to be a few more weeks beyond that before we see Nick Boyle again. I gave a quote evidently about the running back plan on Monday night, but I have not had a chance to play it and listen to it yet. What's that? There's a video. Well, I've got, I've got some of the quotes. Jeff Zrebeck uh, was tweeting a little bit um, and said, do, do, uh, here's, I'm just going to read these in order. Harbaugh said Murray is in great shape and ready to go. He said they're trying to figure out what the new running backs can handle. Harbaugh didn't say what running backs definitely are playing Monday. But he did note that Bell is still getting his legs under him while Freeman and Murray are more game ready. So I, all of that sounds about right. That's stuff that we could deduce. There I, was some talk that the Ravens were more impressed with Freeman than Bell in the workouts in the work, and, that, and that Freeman just didn't want to be on a practice squad. Correct. And that all of that makes sense, and that might mean that they think highly of Freeman. But again, I still Murray is, to me, the I guy. I get it. I'm not disagreeing like, with you there. Murray, to me, is the guy. To me, the only question is, is he... Is he the guy in two weeks, or is he already the guy come Monday night? Um, or do they say uh, Monday night could also just be an utter committee approach? It could be that nobody t- play the hot hand. Tyson Williams might be the first guy that gets the ball on Monday night, and then he, he might finish he with it, then we'll see. he might finish with eight carries for the night, right? Like but if he's I, ripping off chunks of yards, he'll finish with more, right? Like or he might not even be the first running back that gets the ball on Monday. Night. I don't. I com- they might not know. Genuinely, might not know this. So I. We're all trying to guess. I get it. We all play fantasy football. We want to know, but yeah, I, I plan on starting Tyson Williams in one of my leagues. For what it's I, that I think is. Well, a I don't mistake. have better options. Um, I mean, that might uh, him, Devontae Freeman, or Ty Johnson. Do we know that Ty Johnson is the starter in New York? 
I mean, that if we knew that Ty Johnson was the starter in New York, I would start Ty Johnson over him. Yeah. And I drafted Ty Johnson in one of my leagues yesterday in order to pick up one of the Ravens running backs. Um, but if we knew, I would. I just I would not be playing any Ravens running back. Like I would play a. I would play a guess at Ravens running back over a guess at Jets running back. I, it, I probably. I don't <laughs> know, man. I don't know. It's tough. It's very tough. Hey, as I told you yesterday, Stan the Fan taking the week off this week, um, the, the Labor Day and then the Jewish holiday on top of it, so just the week off for the week. He and Ross will be back on Monday night talking baseball. All of Stan's shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you by Window Nation all September long. They're offering you two free windows for every two you buy. Wood or vinyl styles. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. All right. Tidbit of the day. Well, it's worth mentioning. Last night, the Bucks and Cowboys combined for 108 pass attempts between Dak and Tom Brady. That is tied for the fifth most in NFL game history. The Bucks had one more, actually, in 2019 in the game against the Rams. The record is a 94 Patriots-Vikings game with 112. But a lot of passes thrown last night after Dak Prescott was on a pitch count for much of the preseason. But that's not what we're talking about here. The Ravens' backfield, well, still uncertain. We think maybe we have an idea, but we don't really have an idea. Sure. It's worth mentioning, however, that in the last season, well... A Ravens running back, that's not even just the last season, since Lamar Jackson took over as quarterback. Okay. A Ravens running back has had more than four targets in a game. Never. Okay, yeah, that's not all that surprising. Yeah, so. I, I didn't know if it was going to be just once or never. That was really what I was waiting never. for you to. Yeah. Uh, a Ravens running back in that same time span has hit a 70% snap share in a game. Never. The committee approach is real in Baltimore. Remains to be seen just how it will be split up. Now, Latavius Murray seems to be a reasonable guess as far as having a big claim to a portion of those carries, if not the primary portion of those carries. And to his credit, he is one of six players in the NFL since 2015 with at least one rushing touchdown every season. Who are the other five? I saw the same tweet. I'm Do sorry. you know them? Uh, Carlos Hyde. Hyde is one. Ingram. Ingram is another. Gurley. Gurley is another. And the other two were quarterbacks. They were. Actually, tweeted a link. I was gonna give you this if you didn't use it. <laughs> this is from Dustin Baker, Dust Baker, the Dust Baker. I don't, I don't know who he is. He's the Dust but, Baker. Uh, he's the Dust Baker. Sure, it's not Dusty Baker, is it? It is. Uh, Breeze. Drew Breeze is one. Oh, God, the other one was somebody a little bit more random. The other one wasn't, like, Brady or, or Rodgers. It was... Um, it was not. Oh, for Pete's sake. Matt Ryan? No. Oh. Kirk Cousins? It was okay, indeed right. Kirk Yeah, I saw Cousins. But I only I would never, you know, that would have been a bit far bigger struggle had I not seen that exact same tweet uh, yesterday as it was floating around. 
All right, uh, very good. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by Great Eights Memorabilia. Of course, the Tyus Bowser Show is coming. We will be announcing shortly details for the makeup date at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. We know we'll be at City Line Bar and Grill. I just, uh, I was just informed. Hang on a second. I was just informed of somewhere else we're headed to later on in the year. I was told we will be going to Full Tilt Brewing for a Tyus Bowser show later on in the season. I like that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Man, that's very cool. All right, uh, so that's all coming up. You can find out more, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Of course, you can also find out more, great8smemorabilia.com with the number eight. Of course, appreciate them, Pressbox and Express Exterior Design for making the Tyus Bowser show possible. Here's what's coming up uh, this weekend, Totally Tubular. I'll try to just go through some highlights for the weekend. The U.S. Open men's semifinals are tonight. Uh, and you know what? I don't know which order. I would assume that Novak is second because he played more recently, but I should just double-check on that. Uh, they're on ESPN. The, he is second. 3 o'clock is Yep, uh, 3 o'clock is Auger, Aliasim, and Medvedev. And Who's going to win that? Medvedev? Medvedev should. Here's the only tricky part about it is that Ogier Aliasim only had to play like a set and a yeah. half the other night. And he's also Medvedev had, talented, isn't he? Oh, he's unbelievably right. talented. And he's young, and he's good, and... All of that. So that could be more interesting than people realize it could be. Um, and by the way, I'm very worried about Djokovic against Zverev tonight. Zverev has been playing. He hasn't lost in. He hasn't lost since Wimbledon. I mean, like he's been rolling, um, and that's problematic for a lot of reasons. But those are the semifinals tonight at three and seven o'clock on ESPN. And then the women's final is tomorrow afternoon on ESPN, four o'clock. Matchup of teenagers: Layla Fernandez and Emma Raducanu. No one saw this coming. Now, as far as the Orioles, um, tonight it's uh, all weekend. It's on Mass, and tonight seven o'clock. Tomorrow, a doubleheader for the Orioles, single admission doubleheader. So you know you want to get bang for your buck. You'll see a lot of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. See a lot of our guy Kevin Smith. Tonight it's Robbie Ray and Chris Ellis. They have not announced any of the other pitchers for the rest of the weekend. Sunday afternoon on Masson as well. College football tomorrow, uh, Big Ten Network, as we mentioned, Howard and Maryland at 7.30, CBS for Air Force and Navy at 3.30, Flow Sports for Towson and New Hampshire at 6, ESPN Plus for Morgan State, Tulane at 1. The big games, Fox has Oregon, Ohio State at noon, and then ABC has Iowa, Iowa State at 4.30. Sunday, the local TV games that we will get here, getting good ones. Somehow we're not saddled... Although, in fairness, Washington Chargers actually is a good one, too, and they're not giving us that one. That's a weird thing, and I, I don't know what to make of it. But we get double headers also on both networks on Sunday. CBS Steelers, Bills, 1 o'clock. Browns, Chiefs, 425. Fox, Eagles, Falcons at 1 o'clock. Why would that be the case? I don't understand that at all. I would think they would switch that. I bet they switch that to Washington. And then Broncos, Giants at 4 o'clock. NBC, for whatever goofy reason, is Bears, Rams at 820. Some non-sports highlights for the weekend. Non-sports for the weekend. Uh, Ted Lassen, episode tonight, or already streaming. Right? Yeah. Mr. Corman, the show with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, continues on Apple TV as well. Uh, Showtime has a documentary, a special documentary, on the return of the Taliban tonight at 8 o'clock, if you are interested in that topic. Uh, this Sunday, every Viacom channel has the VMAs at 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Can't miss that. I, I think Jamiroquai is going to do really well. Yeah, you and me both. Um, other than that, Walking Dead, stuff and things, check it all out, glennclarkradio.com. All right, very good. And check out all the other sports stuff, including the next abomination of, of a boxing thing that's occurring this weekend, which is just so bloody embarrassing. 
All right. Uh, thanks today to a lot of people. Thanks to Jamal Lewis. Thanks to Bo Smolka. Thanks to Matt McGloin. Thanks to Brad Nessler and to Kurt Warner, who you're about to hear from. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Archive. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Um, Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln Kennedy is going to join us on Monday. I assume Jeremy Such a Con- presidential name, by the way. It is. It's very presidential. Yeah. No question. He, of course, is the uh, color analyst for the Raiders. Uh, I assume Jeremy joins us Monday, yep. and uh, Zach from All Time Low has told us he's in for Monday as well because they're going to be home on Monday night playing at uh, the stadium. So there's that. Also, keep in mind, the bat around tomorrow morning, Zach and Paul, 10 to noon, talking baseball with you as they do each and every week. They do a great job. Make sure you're tuned in for that. Same locations. New episode of Jobbing Out available as well, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and go to the radio tab at pressboxonline.com. You can find it there, too. I think that's it. I think we covered everything. Thanks to all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, Maryland Lottery, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, MDOT, Maryland Five Star, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend go birds go maryland go navy go everybody that's playing against teams from the afc north go towson morgan the whole deal duke sucks ohio state sucks too now i already told you about this unfortunately we recorded our interview with kurt warner before the events of yesterday occurred we recorded it an hour before that so we are going to air the parts of the interview that we still think hold up i did ask him about latavius murray when it was hypothetical at the time but i still think what he said about latavius murray is beneficial so i left it in there all right it's not all going to be perfect I'm giving you that warning, but Kurt Warner, Glenn Clark Radio, have a great weekend. Of course, the Baltimore Ravens open up the season Monday night in Vegas against the Raiders. Our next guest, of course, will be on the call for Westwood One alongside our friend, Mr. Kevin Harlan. He is not only a Hall of Famer, not only a tremendous analyst, but he's also going to be the subject of a new movie that's coming out uh, this holiday season. It's a pleasure, as always, to welcome back to the show the great Kurt Warner, who's with us on GCR. Kurt, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Uh, you, you got it, Glenn. Man. It's, uh, it's good to be, uh, to be on. It's good to, uh, to be getting back to the season, and I'm excited about all the different storylines. So it's, uh, it's awesome. I, I'm excited about the season, and, and I always love catching up. Well, it's great to chat with you. Let, let me start with this, Kurt. We talked at the end of last year. You had made a video about the Ravens' offensive concepts, and I'm wondering – with the, the hires they made this offseason with two college coaches, T. Martin, Keith Williams, to come in, work with the wide receivers, and we're presuming maybe have some input on some passing concepts, do you expect to see something a little bit different? We know J.K. Dobbins isn't there. What that impacts, not sure yet. But do you expect to see something a little bit different from the Ravens? And what should we be watching for specifically on Monday night, or listening for in your case, to see if there has been some influence from new, new two college voices? Well, I mean, obviously, we've got to first look back to what the Ravens have done over the last couple years. And, you know, when Lamar was coming out, I believe a lot of people were asking the question, can this work in the NFL? Can we run a more college-esque type offense, zone read, really build off of, you know, packing things in and the quarterback read game? And, you know, the majority of people just said, no, it's not going to work can't work at the NFL level quarterback will get hit too much and it just won't survive well first and foremost they have created that they've built that and they've built an offense that has been ridiculously good 
over the last couple of years, obviously all built around Lamar Jackson and his unique set of skills. And so the first thing I think we have to do is we've got to step back and look at what they've accomplished and say, man, they've done so many good things. No doubt. Now we say all of that to say, but what's the next step? And the next step, I think, for all of us is to say they've got to be better in the passing game. And whether that's scheme-oriented, and it's a big part of why I did the breakdown last year, because you know the, the narrative out there uh, really was as much about Lamar as it was about anything else, is that may, maybe Lamar can't be that guy. Maybe he can't be the guy that can carry a, guy, a team with his right arm. And I'm still not sure. I'm not convinced. I mean, he's, he's that guy in terms of he can carry a team uh, because he does it in different ways. But I always believe come playoff time against good teams, your quarterback has to be able to win throwing the ball from inside the pocket. And so that's the big question there. So I did the breakdown last year, and it were, there was two parts to it. One part was looking at the scheme and where I felt the scheme had lots of limitations. And then the other part was looking at Lamar and looking at some of his limitations, some of the areas that he, need to, he needs to grow as a passer. And so after doing that, you know, the natural progression is, okay, what changes this year? Mm-hmm. You know, if this team, it's been a really, really good team over the last couple of years, but they just can't seem to really get anything going in the playoffs. And I believe that's why, because good teams in the playoffs take away what you do best and they force you to win away from your strength. And so now that's what I'm excited to see this year is what changes are there? Are there any changes? Does Lamar get better as a passer? Does he see the field better? Can he, can he be better in the drop back game? You know, does the offensive system develop and, and advance to become, you know, more complicated or more complex and, and giving Lamar some, some easier opportunities or some better opportunities in certain situations. And, you know, and again, it, it always comes back to, you know, it's easy to point the finger at one guy and say, well, this is why, or this is why. And the reason that, again, that I did the breakdown was I don't know the exact answer. I don't know if the answer is because of personnel driven that, that they, stay the plays that they have because of the, the, the personnel they had on the outside. I don't know if it was scheme-driven where, you know, we're more advanced in the run game and that's where we thrive and we're a little more simplistic and, and don't have a great feel for, you know, the pass scheme. Or is some of it laid on, on Lamar going, well, he's a young quarterback that isn't there yet, so we're keeping everything simpler for him. So – you know, he doesn't get confused back there, and we can allow him to play to his strength. So I don't know which of those pieces mm-hmm. really are the reason why we saw what we saw last year. We, you know, I saw the things that I saw in the breakdown. But those are the things that, that excite you about every new season is can the system advance? Can Lamar advance? Do they get an upgrade with guys like Sammy Watkins on the outside to help them do better things? And so now we sit back and wait for Monday and go, okay, what are we going to see? Is it going to be the same thing we've seen the last couple of years because that's been really good in the regular season? Or do we start to see some advancements uh, in those different areas that elevate this team and allow them to have an opportunity to push the envelope uh, and push the Chiefs? And you know, I think where a lot of people believe will be Buffalo again this year to win the AFC. And, and to be determined, obviously. We're going to learn that starting on Monday night. It's funny you bring that up. Kurt Waters with us on Glenn Clark Radio. Kurt, I feel like I'm watching and listening to Monday night's game in part because I think it's going to be a tough game and, and the Ravens are going to have to battle. This is going to be an electric atmosphere. I don't want to take anything away from the Raiders, who I think maybe people forgot were pretty good last year um, before ultimately falling short. 
But I also feel like I'm watching it a little bit with the idea of, hey, they got to play the Chiefs in week two. And if they're going to make a statement about being that level of team, a threat to win a Super Bowl, at some point they got to prove that they can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And so I'm kind of watching with this thought in mind of what do I need to see on Monday night that's going to make me believe they're ready after having three tries in the past and coming up short against the Chiefs in order to do it. So can I pose this question to you? What would you need to see from the Ravens on Monday night to feel as though they would be up for the challenge of beating the Chiefs come week two? Yeah, I mean, it's twofold. I mean, first and foremost, you just got to see them play well. You have to see them play and, and do some of the things that they've done over the last couple of years. So you say to yourself, okay, I'm confident that this team is as good as they were the last couple of years. But I don't know if they're the, – the second part is I don't know if there's anything they can do to convince us they can play with the Chiefs until they show us they can play with the Chiefs. I get uh, or Or show us that they can beat the Chiefs because it's – it's like that, that big bully, right, that, you know, you think he's invincible until you hit him and he bleeds and you go, oh, wait, he, he, <laughs> he's human like us. Right. And that's what you have to do and watch, that's what you have to show yourself when you play against the Chiefs is, you know, you can do anything you want against any other team. We know the AFC will go through Kansas City. And so if that's the case, you've got to prove to yourself and to Kansas City that you belong in that mix and you can go swing for swing and you can beat this team. And they haven't done that yet. You know, even as great as Lamar's been, they haven't done that with the chiefs. And I could look at the entire AFC Buffalo, really good strides last year, really good team lost to the chiefs twice. You have got to show yourself and become a believer in that locker room. Cause it's easy for us as players to go, Oh, we can play with anybody. We're as good as anybody. Trust me. You've got to show yourself. You've got to convince yourself in a lot of those situations that you belong with the big boys. And so I don't know if there's anything. I mean, we can get excited about what they show us on Monday night. But you go in and go, okay, I know Kansas City, who they are. I know Patrick Mahomes is going to be over there. I know all the weapons they have. You go into the game seeing that and understanding what's on the other sidelines. So you have to be able to manage that. You have to equal that and show everybody that you belong. And I don't think there's anything that you can do about that until you're between the lines against that team to really prove that to yourselves or anyone else. Kurt Warner is on the call for Westwood One Monday night as the Ravens take on the Raiders. He's with us now here on GCR. Would you still be interested in Latavius Murray if you were the Ravens? Kurt, it seems like such a a natural fit, right? And he's already been talking about the Ravens when he's done some interviews this week. And he blocks well. He he runs hard. I I know he's thirty one. I get that, and I, I know it's not you know you'd have to clear some money somewhere in order to sign him. But would you still be interested if you were the Ravens, knowing what you do? Without a doubt, without a doubt, um, the way he runs, I think fits very well in their system. And he's a big guy, and he doesn't have the wear and tear that some guys do at thirty one because he has been kind of a uh, you know secondary or sure. complementary piece. For a number of years, but man, he did he did some great things in New Orleans, and he was kind of that change of pace downhill runner for New Orleans. You know, where Camaro was the kind of side to side guy. So in this system, being able to go, uh, you know, and bounce in and out with Gus, I think he would be a great 
addition to what they do offensively and how they run the football. I mean, I, I think it's a no-brainer, too. Obviously, the money is involved. It's it's above. They, they don't let me make those decisions, believe it or not, Kurt. So I'm going to have to trust Eric DaCosta, who's gotten a few things right over the years. Um, Kurt, I, because I always appreciate the time, uh, what we know about you as a human being, you continue to do wonderful things. I wanted to allow you the opportunity to spend the minute talking about um, your tremendous charity and, and the House of Hope. I, I, I love everything that you do, man. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, we're excited about, you know, what we're doing and what we're building. You know, our, our latest charity, Treasure House, which is a community living facility for young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities, um, you know, is completely full now. And so we're looking to uh, to pay off that building and then start another one and keep building them around the country to impact families. And so uh, extremely excited about where that's at. And we're extremely excited about, uh, you know, kind of shining the spotlight on that a little bit with the movie that's coming out uh, yep. all my life in, in December on Christmas day, American underdog uh, will be coming out in theaters and we're extremely excited about it because it's about this idea of underdogs. And a lot of people kind of understand my underdog story to a degree. Uh, but my wife's underdog story, my son uh, who suffered a traumatic brain injury, his underdog story we think is going to shine a lot of light on what we're trying to do and how we're trying to advocate for those different underdogs within our community and so we're excited about the movie everybody go check it out uh, i think you'll be impacted whether you're a football fan or not a football fan this movie i think will impact you as a mother as a father as a husband as a wife um you know as a brother as a sister there's there's just so many levels to it that i think will truly impact people and so that's the kind of stuff we've got going we're really excited about getting the season started but right there in the middle of the season uh, in december on christmas day uh, a great holiday that the movie will be dropping, and uh, and we're excited for people to go out and see it and and hear their hear their uh, hear the impact and encouragement and inspiration that it gives them. Of course, Zachary Levy, a Shazam fame, playing you, and and Dennis Quaid, who seemed like such a like a no brainer choice for Dick Vermeil. Like what a what a home run uh, casting that is. Uh, we can't wait to see that. Kurt Warner, of course, we can't wait for Monday night. And Ravens Raiders on Westwood One at Kurt Thirteen Warner on Twitter is how you follow him. It's always an honor, Kurt. Thank you so much for taking a couple minutes for us. Enjoy the trip out to Vegas. All right, sounds good. Have a great season, and uh, I'm sure we'll touch base along the way.